the out there channel. Please sub and share. Searching for the truth. UFOs, aliens, greys and ufology. Real images, real stories, real videos, real cases, researched and investigated by professionals in the field and cutting-edge discoveries. Multiple witnesses, abduction accounts brought to you by Team The Out There Channel. Good to, Good be, to back. be back. Five, four, three, two, one. Action. Action. So, uh, early morning here, 9 a.m. Uh, should be ideal for the top of the world, Germany, UK, Europe, and possibly New Zealand and Australia. But it is midweek. In America, I think they're going into a late night, evening. So, maybe they'll be up too. A uh, special welcome to any truckers out there that listen. Uh, we had a few that followed the channel once. I'm not sure if they're still out there. Um, doing a good job. Getting the supplies around the world and country. And delivering my parcels. <laughs> Um, also the medical people were overstretched, especially in New Zealand. So yeah, better type up the side comments and wait for people to join. But I got a few things to go over today. It should be a good show. Okay, so we're going to do update on Calvine stuff and uh, put out another theory of mine because uh, we've been talking about it in emails mostly. Despite I got a Discord group where it should be better to do that sort of stuff in real time. <laughs> um, well, we get there eventually. Eventually people will come around and stop being idiots and uh, join the real truth for ufology, not the fake ones. Uh, 
Alright, so doing that today. Episode 62 already. I've got a typo there. And that looks right. And I post up my web link here. I'm not sure if anyone uses it though. Yeah, I don't think uh, Plex has updated it to my wish wishes. So uh, it is what it is. Alright, all good. So it's just me still. Anyway, I'll kick it off. So, um, more information or well, arguments has come to light <laughs> uh, with Robert and emails uh, UK, who's now part of that. Uh, what was it called now? That that big group of disclosure UAP people. That's meant to be doing the hard research, you know, for your requests. <laughs> okay, so. Um, Yeah, uh, where to begin? There's quite a lot of stuff. Oh, I'm going to press the wrong screen. That's the last thing I want to do. Got to be on this screen. <laughs> Yay. Um, I just need to kill some background stuff again. Alright. That looks like it's all good. Don't need slowdowns if we can help it. <laughs> We're still on this um, six core system. And we need 12 <laughs> or higher. Especially when I start using the thing, the video editor, which I'll bring up now actually. So I saved all those images, but guess what? I forgot to copy them across before I deleted stuff. Uh, I, must have been, I must have been really tired. <laughs> so I was actually going to recap uh, Mick West's kite for Kelvin. So we're going to Kelvin UK still. Um, so we do some updates and a new theory of mine based on what I've seen on confessions on UFO videos from Lockheed Martin uh, stuff I have read online too and I'll just put it all together so yeah um, so we'll just go through the theories and let's see we need a diamond shape uh, so we do that uh, got a diamond listed there why is it not coming up? Oh, here we go. Yep, we've got a diamond. That'll do it. So apparently this uh, UFO shaped like a diamond. Symmetrical diamond. Um, people were looking at the photograph and coming up with new theories. Now the first one that seems to be prominent on Metabunk as well as uh, Alien Attic was on this one here 
of being a chunk of rock and a lock in the same area of Calvine, which is what Pershire, Pershire. But Mick has said that reflections, uh, unless you're perfectly aligned, are not always going to be symmetrical, which is true, because if you're higher up in elevation, looking down, um, you'd have to be at side of the lake side to photograph it, right? Which I believe there's no fence line. But anyway, uh, we'll just go over it. And they said the other thing that was a Harry Jet. Oh, I've just got a plain one here somewhere. I can't quite see it. Where are you playing? Is that it? Is that the plane? Ah, oh, yes. So if it's going the wrong direction. <laughs> um, yeah, can we rotate that easily? I'm not sure if you can rotate the images. Uh, flip them. Looks like we've really lost control there. Right, that one. That's not a nice colour either. I'll make it red. Now we can do it that way. <laughs> uh, but it's not right still. Uh, can we flip it here? This one thing I don't think you can do. There's no flip command. And if you flip it, I think it messes up. And that'll do the whole image. Um, so how would you do it with a symbol? I don't think there's an option. Um, apart from copying it into another thing, there must be a way. Um, Probably some of these add-ons flip. Probably. Let's see. There must be something here. Adjustments. Uh, I have to go through everything. Where would it be though? Uh, distortion. Oh, no, it's got so many options. Image application. Noise object alignment. Center birth, center vertically. What's that mean? Um, shapes. Orb generator. Yeah. Say all over the place. Smudge. That's interesting. Grayscale object. Still going on. I might have to do it the hard way. Flip. Ah, oh, here we go. 
Okay, what's that going to do, though? Ah. Mind you, if it flipped that one up there, we wouldn't know anyway, I suppose. But if we lost control of it, uh, I think we have. It's done the whole image, I betcha. I should have. Was that over the other way? That's just. Yeah, it flipped the whole image. It's the same as going there. <laughs> flipped uh, horizontal. Ugh. Well, that'll do anyway. Um, let's just uh, copy that. So, um, they were saying this plane was actually a guy in a rowboat and the, that thing there's an oar. <laughs> and he's rowing this way. So, um, that is one of the theories at the moment. Uh, paste. So, and uh, they reckon uh, the other images, uh, this moves along every two seconds. Um, from Stu Little's interview with Alien Attic, but also there's another guy that's seen um, the videos said um, this was definitely a Harrier jet that was circling object, not a robot, rowboat. So that means it might have been turning the members differently than the other guy. Going around behind it. So, um, unless we see the other images, we can't be sure if this is a constant size. And these are happening every two seconds. You see, it snaps between uh, negatives. They said uh, they could measure it based on the position of the plane in each of the photos. Would have to be uh, two seconds snaps. But um, I did s uh, ask, well, how long, how can they be sure it's two seconds though? Because I did some research on film negatives. Um, Can you add date to photographs from, from the negative? Um, and here it says the only markings on the negative would be the film type, which makes sense, which may help. They could give you props dates when the film was made. So that's sort of aging it, but not actually actual timestamp in time. Uh, time wasn't actually printed on early cameras. Did they have a picture of it on this one? Uh, this page might help. So that's what it said there. Um, but yeah, next one. In old film cameras, how does the timestamp feature work? Whereas the picture of a camera here, it looks very really similar to the Canon camera that might have been used. And you can see here they've got um, the date with you turn the cogs for the year number and month and day, right? And it shines 
when you snap the photograph it shines a uh, like a transparency bright light on some negative in the corner but it doesn't have um, time so that's going back to the 1990s right uh, up until chips become common it was done this way so um, yeah as far as I know, it didn't have a date and time on the photographs, so obviously they weren't using it if it did have that anyway. Unless it got cropped off, of course. Um, most common was a small LED uh, 7 segment display in the camera itself. With a monetary flash the time and date onto the film. Uh, when the shutter was pressed, uh, that was common with electronic film cameras become common probably the 1990s. So was it after this other camera make? I suspect it was from the back, therefore inverted to get the right on the negative. As electronics would have blocked some of the image of if the lead was in front. So that's all the information I could find on that. But I believe uh, Alien Addicts, uh, Stu Little said it was definitely a Canon EL. Let's have a look what we can find. EL what though? I think he said EL. Um, maybe nineteen ninety. Stay there, I think. And does it have a, a wheelie thing on the front? Is that the one? These all look like modern cameras, don't they? Uh, this one was it E A L or A E one? Ugh, I'm not sure now. I <laughs> uh, just wanted the specs on it, didn't we? Well, that seems to be one that's coming up pretty well in 76. So what else does it say there? Transistor. Did it have chips in it though? <laughs> 1990. I suppose it's early transistors, radios. Canon E1, let's have a look.
What is he talking about? SLR, because that's modern. That sounds like a modern camera. But then it says today Canon Japan from 1976 to 1984. Uses electronically controlled electromagnetic horizontal cloth <laughs> features. Original FD lenses introduced in 1971 do not rotate in the mountain process. Let's talk about timestamps. The 1970s and 80s were an era of intense competition. Major Japanese SLR brands. Nikon. So there would have been added in features like timestamps, I guess. even so it wasn't in the film but yeah I'm just getting sidetracked there I guess a bit um, I don't see anything mentioned about timestamps on it you think that would be like a leading feature why to get this camera now you can include time on your film which I must admit, when you look at back at old photographs and family, you think, yeah, when was that? <laughs> you know, uh, even the year number would be handy. And then you got questions like, who is that? <laughs> Nowadays you got tagging and uh, Facebook and all that sort of <laughs> taken advantage of. Um, so yeah, what's happened here? I've got too many tabs open again. So yeah, not sure if it was AE one or L one, L E L one. Um, was there an L one? Anyway, what's that one there? Nineteen seventy six to eighty six. That's an E one again. Yeah, well. It doesn't really matter. But uh, at least we know the film doesn't have um, any timestamps on it. Unless your camera added it. And that was rare. So there are the two things on the camera time, so you can get rid of those. And the other thing was the battle whether it was black and white negatives versus colour film. In fact it was black and white negatives uh, printed onto colour film and Nick West was debating uh, up here saying to him it looked too much greens in the tree but then I did some research <laughs> yeah, clearly he didn't um, here's an example of printed black and white 
Uh, hello, shaking hands again. I've been eating. Eating what? In stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, haven't been so sick this week with the pills, which is good. Uh, I was a bit crook on Tuesday, though, where it was hard to eat. But, um, yeah, it's my birthday week, so happy birthday to me. <laughs> so for um, my special dinner of KFC, um was terrible. Uh, the Indian runners of the local overcooked it, and it was so dried out. Uh, yeah, it's a disaster. <laughs> uh, what? We on dogs chasing birds or serious stuff? This is uh, about Calvine. Update to the last um, one. You were on the last one, weren't you? Carrying on from 59, which was my theory about two jets head on. Uh, so we're just carrying on from there uh, with more information come to light and more debates. <laughs> um, also, um, got more debunks to go over. You can see I've got a few, few tabs here, and it uh, should be a fairly good show. So I've already been. Recapping things and what's out the, out there at the moment, which uh, I think is complete nonsense. And my theory is probably the best one so far, but I've got another theory uh, which uh, is based on some new information here, which is still hearsay because uh, we haven't got the full witness accounts. We haven't actually, no one's actually interviewed the witnesses because they disappeared, right? So anyway, this is a black and white on a colour um, paper. And this is what happens. You get um, greens and browns happening as well as some blues tints. So instead of a nice de defined black and white, uh, you can see here, uh, you get all sorts of strange effects. I get, I'm not sure what this is here, but it looks like... Um, when they do color printing, they, they use a thing called toning. So when you do black and white prints on color, you do a toning thing where you convert the black and white to super, which is orange color, uh, apparently, to try and get it to be black and white or something. I don't know. I'm not too 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 much sure on the on the chemical process, but after uh, with aging and stuff, you can see here. Um, does look a wee bit like the Calvine one, uh, but this one's obviously more damaged. So we've got some greens and blues, black and white, sort of tonish colour. And we've got browns, which I thought was camo. But uh, yeah. But yeah, we're debating with um, uh, Mick about it. Because. Uh, he was saying up here, but the analysis by this looks like color image to me, but he's wrong. 
but the analysis by Andrew Robertson says it's black and white film on colour paper, which I agree with because I did some research into it too and found that uh, for the closest example I could get. But there are some other images out there. Uh, I'll post that link to that little hoo-ha. And, um, hey, Mike, how's it going? Wasn't sure if you were around on Wednesday. You said you were. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just saying it was my birthday. This is my birthday week. Uh, well, birthday's gone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're on to uh, updates on Cowboy now. Uh, happy to be here listening, that's good. I was, okay, I'm on, on to it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, um, BNT, if you're on that channel, that's got hacked and it's been taken down. That's why I got an error message. Uh, better shrink that down. Uh, let's keep it up then. Um, so I'm just recapping with some drawings, as you can see. Like I, how, how I like to present things and explain things. You can see here it's got error reload <laughs> for... So hopefully that will come up soon. But subs are still going up slowly. Uh, even YouTube was below, went down to... Uh, what was it? Two... Two... Yeah, it went down to 2518. They keep losing subs. I think the only one that goes backwards <laughs> um, on the, the UFA side of things. Uh, and now it's gone up to four more subs, but I think that might be new people joining, right? And so Google have got to then send their bot after me to take some away again. <laughs> And nasty people. So, yeah, I was um, talking about um, the, the theories out there so far. Um, the one was a lake with a reflection. And I said bollocks. <laughs> because um, that second half uh, would have some distortion probably in it. Or well, it wouldn't look like the same colour tone right across, which it is. Um, and they're saying this is a guy in a rowboat. Which, because um, it's all blurry and the shape of it, I suppose you could say that. Uh, you'd have to see McWest's uh, Metabunk page. I think I posted it last time. But anyway, um, the people that have seen the photograph said that this plane here uh, was moving like it was a snapshot every two seconds. And it was actually rotating around the object. I guess. Looked like it was going around it. So I'm just wondering, uh, Alien Attics witness reporter, uh, maybe wasn't paying attention to the angle of a plane or something like that. Just remembers it going past. But uh, yeah, my, my op problem was, was the photographs taken in a sequence. And is there any proof? Because um, timestamp's not there. And those old cameras didn't have it anyway. Um, only some of them started using electronics back then to shine a light on. 
and chips that kept time, right? So to me, that looked like a hairy jet towel, and the, the front thing had a bubble at the front, and probably could zoom into that and overlay a hairy jet if we want to today. Uh, but uh, I think it doesn't really matter what type of plane it is that's um, circling it. <laughs> but I think it might be filming it, you know, because uh, I think it might be a Black Ops craft or crafts. But yeah, I'll go over my initial theory too. Uh, Mick West was saying it was a kite um, that was on an angle. That's why he mucked around with the aspect ratio. Uh, but I think that would change the colour pattern. Because uh, the kite he had, which unfortunately I didn't keep the image, I sort of bring it up now and rotate it three-dimensionally. Uh, you would see the pattern change enough on that photograph to know it's not one of those kites he was referring to. Um, so yeah, so that's basically the summary of uh, color prints and black and white prints. But the person, the two reporters that saw it, said it was definitely black and white printed on uh, color paper. Um, I'm not sure if they saw copies thrown in the bin, <laughs> um, but the the newspaper didn't print the story because they got a cease and desist uh, class D order. And that it's top secret and they would be arrested if they printed it or whatever. So they didn't take the chance. Um, but then this guy had a print of it, obviously. Maybe took it out the bin, who knows? Because <laughs> it was, maybe that's probably part of the problem. Maybe the colours were off or something. Because they got to do several attempts at it, right? Uh, with the tone and like I was talking about getting black and white to look properly okay on colour prints. Yeah, in the drawer for 30 years, it's probably um, got aged as well, the chemicals. Um, so yeah, it's a very interesting case. And why it would be classified for another 50 years, they're claiming um, that's when people will die. So as you know, pilots are generally in their 20s to 30s, aren't they? So, 20 years on would uh, to 1990s, in the 1990s to 22 would mean another 30 years on. So, that means they'll be in their 50s, maybe 60s. So, let's say they're in the 50s. So, they've added another 50 years on, which make them 100. They'd probably be dead by then, which is the length of the classification increase. And that's saying that's the reason why. Um, they still might not have in that report what the object was. Alien or Black Ops, blah, blah, blah. So, um, let's just clean this up again. So that's the breakdown of the theories out there and my one. So my one, which I saw last second half of the show on 59 was it was two jets they were filming during with special platen maybe um stealth platen maybe early stealth platen uh, radar platen rather than camo um 
or maybe even pilotless um, robot AI assisted planes heading towards each other to see if they would crash or whatever and they're filming it with a Harrier jet uh, apparently in the area it's meant to be a well-known uh, valley for testing uh, compact uh, testing planes right and it's remote so if they crashed into the valleys it's like less likely to cause um, death of other bystanders <laughs> so yeah my theory i would just before we carry on we'll just carry up i'm not a bot i'm amigo uh, christine no okay as long as you're not gonna spam and be silly i was just going to say mcrest <laughs> um planes buggers aren't they no one will care if alive well we'll be dead the time it gets leaked um, but maybe they'll go back on these old shows and see who's correct <laughs> So, yeah, um, two triangles. Mm. So, what forms a triangle? We've got black there. That'll do. So obviously it's not an equilateral triangle each side. It's more going to be like that. Which some triangle sightings um, have been seen like that, right? Oh, over there. <laughs> Let's get rid of that one and try another one. So we know if we stretch it a bit and then scale it right. And we get two triangles. Um, so let's say, say these are two experimental planes or F-14s with special coating on being tested and not sure if that's quite the right size. There we go. It's a bit like the Calvine UFO. So if you've got two planes going head on, right? Like this. Uh, I would like to see these other photographs. So let's say if they snapped it there and then one there. And then they went around and did another test flyby. Maybe the sea um, for some experiment, right? And took six snaps uh, because we got we don't know what the time frame was. And that time the the Harrier jet was flying here and going this way, and meant to be circling it behind. But we got no reference points here we haven't actually got the um, the images uh, the images out there are mock-ups uh, where someone's cut the original diamond shape and uh, just like i did on the diagram here just 
move the Harrier jet around not to say what they saw because they haven't got copies of it and if, if they revealed it they'd probably be arrested anyway because it's still classified <laughs> so um, yeah it could quite easily be two planes passing each other um, uh, so you'd have to see my original breakdown on 59 and because I overlaid the F-14s on top and, and the angles and everything matched up and the nose cone and the cockpits but um, since I've been talking about um, it being two seconds apart let's assume they're correct then it's not going to be two jets passing by so I have another idea um, which will Uh, maybe create a new image and this is based on shows I've listened to where Lockheed Martin uh, scientists and developers have uh, leaked out some new information in the recent couple of years uh, I've been talking about these things called stealth blimps right that could go hypersonic speeds and everybody was laughing about them Vic. but I found some old books and things talking about um, lighter than aircraft and they had all sorts of different shapes and sizes even some were uh, said to be cubes uh, like this is there a three-dimensional cube here somewhere that's a good question <laughs> we've got cones oh, this one that might do so they had all sorts of kind of weird sightings of these multiple stories high with little windows on them. You know, little windows they could see around. Uh, really neat non-dimensional squares now. But, um, and it made a hum sound and it slowly moved along. And that's really strange sightings, right? Um, I'm not sure if there's no uh, motion blur, right? Um, if you have a look at the images, they are really blurry. And, uh, I thought that might be just vapor trails coming off the nose cone and the edges of the craft. But uh, if you look at the whole images, it is blurry. So there is some motion blur there, but we're talking about old cameras and film and not um, slow CPU processing sensors like uh, we're using at the moment. <laughs> uh, film in, in that aspect is um, better at capturing um, better quality images faster. And because it's like a CCD camera too, it's a the shutter captures all the photons at that instant. Um, but CMOS does it in a scanner, rotating scanner, and that's where you get a lot of artifacts from at the moment. But it's getting faster and faster, of course, and that's not going to be a problem uh, in, in future technology. But anyway, um, won't go too much into that. Uh, mission blur, there is no hypersonic. 
blimps, uh, Yisserus. Um, Yisserus, I've covered it many times and shown the uh, the TV guys from Lockheed Martin talking about them. So, um, in the early 1950s, they had the book of zero lighter than air ships and they had all different shapes and sizes in the book and it sort of fits some of the sightings that people saw and um, basically they were filled with um, cells of helium so if one popped they, they could replace it or whatever and they had enough of them that it would be buoyant and they had these special engines that they developed that could uh, run off uh, nuclear power or high voltage power, you know, a bank of batteries or whatever, but uh, it could also have generators inside, right? Uh, but I think they would have gone for nuclear batteries. Um, they can make them pretty safe now, days, but whether they had the technology back in 1950 for safe nuclear batteries, I don't know. But um, once you've got high voltage power, right, it's just a matter of converting it to whatever you want to which could be iron engines, iron plasma engines that could push that along at hypersonic speeds. Now the Lockheed Martin guys said um, they had them going at Mach 5, which is hypersonic and even greater. So, um, but uh, he said his designs were the same as Phoenix lights and what was uh, happened at Phoenix Lights was probably most likely uh, one of the blimps that come down from their high altitude, which was um, was it a hundred thousand feet um, edge of space, or was it a hundred miles? A uh, hundred miles, I think it was. Really on the edge of space, uh, so they're not they're in that area where they're not going to be detected <laughs> or cast shadows on the Earth and all that sort of stuff. Um, and they had a thing called, uh, what was it now, Dark Sky Station, sounds something like out of Thunderbirds, but uh, anyway, this uh, documentary uh, is also on web pages, uh, I have covered it before, you just got to watch everything I do, you know, so uh, have we got a crescent shape here? Not really. It's uh, one thing we're missing. We've got arrows. There's a crescent suit there. So apparently these blimps were crescent shape, uh, but more angled to that. And they had a floating station that these things could dock onto. So um, they had a lot of these coming around. Of course, that's in the wrong direction. And they would um, clip into a, a hub, basically. And they would go around uh, in circles. Around the hub. Um, but look, um, Star Trek in a way with their satellites. Okay, so the hub thing was like a, 
had its own power and they were using a canvas that could self-repair or easy to repair so if you shot lots of holes for it uh, it had all these cells of helium inside which wouldn't explode quite because it's neutral gas and they would simply just pass through whatever so if you try to shoot it down with missiles and stuff uh, it would be impossible but what they had on this thing he said is they had um, regular fighter jets just hanging underneath and that sort of got me thinking uh, why would they do that well if they had this uh, station they could float anywhere in the world it would make sense to float it somewhere near enemy territories places um, which would make sense that, that sometime they would be hovering over UK which would be if there were like a hundred miles above UK would be the ideal place uh, where they still would be inside allied territory with permission so all it takes is one of these uh, things to go wrong and they'll float down above a city uh, like Phoenix <laughs> and uh, people see it and then they cover it up with uh, dropping flares right to make a similar shape <laughs> in the sky with lights so um He did draw a hub, and it was kind of, um, it's, it'll be on my channel, because I did actually take snapshots, so I was really careful about copyright infringement, but I did actually have uh, some snaps of it. It was kind of like, um, these ships would interconnect, and the, the like that into a hub so the hub had like um, this shape this cross shape to it and they had a bit that used to hang down too he said so side by view you would have um, like your hub and then you have a bit coming down to a bit down here which had um, these jets hanging off the bottom So the jets, uh, just give a different colour, were hanging off the bottom, ready to be launched at a moment's notice. Is it Dark Sky Station? Dark Star Station? Can't remember what it was called now, but it's something like that. So all these were hanging off the blimp underneath. Now, I'm not sure how they got into the planes that he didn't talk about. But um, let's assume Kelvin has a tic tac blimp thing in the middle. Uh, where we got one? Okay, so we have a tic-tac, but it's balanced to be that way. 
And if you do the planes again. Need to rotate it. Although we weren't seeing it on the angle though. Uh, we just want to see this bit in the middle. So really you want to erase that bit. But this assume that all this is glass and we're seeing it uh, transparency. Even though it's not. Okay, so... You're probably going to be with me now in a possibility of a idea. So it looks like I've got it too long here, but <laughs> I'll make the triangles bigger. But I was thinking it could easily be something like this and that capsule they were talking about on this uh, floating blimp livable station. Uh, why is it not rotating? Okay, it looks like I accidentally clicked. So if you have two two of those planes, right, on a tic tac, which is too long here, and if you can imagine it, then that there's another two planes on the other side, and we're only seeing one side of it, uh, that would make perfect sense. And because they don't have to be you know, like normal planes um, hanging underneath, they could be on the side and they could come inside, they live inside this uh, blimp bit where they can climb up through a connection point underneath a plane and get inside the cabin. A bit like Thunderbirds. So these might be modified uh, special stealth planes, right? So if I draw drew that so it's balanced. So you gotta imagine these this thing here uh from looking at the top of it would have the planes there, 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 and then it would be balanced, right? And then it would have the attach uh, tension point that goes upwards to the rest of the hub. And it would have like um, livable areas inside here. And it would also have these special engines that aid um, the helium and keep it buoyant enough. And... Uh, pretty sure they're bound to generate electricity not just from solar but uh, with the air currents passing an ionization right there would have to be a way that you could actually collect high altitude energy uh, maybe even releasing a piece of tefa you know, maybe they're doing the tefa experiments uh, where they're saying they could have a space station that dropped the tether down and it would uh, react with the, the, the thin atmosphere creating electricity. So, um, the eyewitness said this shot off super fast vertically. Uh, maybe what happened is this thing, uh, the one of the engines failed and it lost buoyancy 
and they were trying to fix it, but and it was gradually coming downwards. Um, so they had some sort of control, and it may have been just hovering over in that valley, um, and uh, they didn't want anyone to notice it, <laughs> obviously. So, yeah, it could fit in still with stealth blimps. Rather than it being a blimp itself, it could be part of the module with the launch uh, planes on it. And that kind of fits in with also what Finn was seeing with the two triangles, right? Because they are triangle shapes. Um, they may not have been swept wings at all, and they may be just triangle shapes. So, that's my new theory. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be aliens. So, uh, so that's really what one I wanted to go back to was this one here. Because uh, um, um, this one I can fit better because I've got already the two planes. But yeah, don't really have a normal tic tac though, do I? Oh, always get caught in that. So that would be in the middle. Okay. Uh, with the, the planes over side of it. It doesn't have to be big, does it? Um, if it's like one of many launch things. So they could float this um, with the air currents, I guess, and motors anywhere in the world and just uh, have instant nuclear bombers on top of a target. In fact, there's no reason why they couldn't drop even bombs from this uh, station so anyway but there is things out there you can search for it and debate me that they don't exist but it does there's a lot of evidence out there now and you got to have an open mind on this stuff right Hi. Now, what was that? They had a special name for it. Altitude Blimps. Uh, was it Lockheed Martin? Uh, obviously, it's been declassified now. Or was it JPL? Okay, airship. Here we go. Of course, I'm not sure about copyright. Uh, so that looks like something more modern. Uh, what they're saying here, cheaper than satellites. You think Virgin um, Galactic would be looking at something like this too instead of launching it from the ground with a plane? Um, 
actually use the planes to load them up on a blimp and, and take it from there. Might be even more cost effective. Saves a thousand feet, launch from a thousand feet. So I'm not sure what these guys are talking about. And of course, uh, of course, propellers don't work at high altitude. That's why you got to look at uh, iron plasma engines, right? So yeah, what's this video here? Uh, let's have a quick skim for it. Okay, so it looks like a more modern airship now. But <laughs> well, they're saying that one goes up to a hundred thousand feet, do they? Solar panels on it. Uh, we'll set communicating with satellites. But that's not what this uh, guy was saying on the interview. He wasn't saying those type of airships. Um, Lockheed Martin Blimp goes down. Channel News. Looks like one of those modern ones again. It was a successful launch, but an hour later, something went wrong. Lockheed Martin officials tell News Channel 5 they decided to end the flight, and the ship made a controlled descent into a non-populated area in southwestern Pennsylvania around 8.30 this morning. No exact reason was given. The unmanned boat... Okay, so when was that? That's back in 2011, right? So that's the first time I've heard that news report. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I might just paste it in the side chat. Um, like I said, we never know what we're going to find until we do some real-time research again. Blimp. Lockheed Martin. It might be JPL, the other ones. Um, I was just seeing if I could find it again. Uh, but the TV show, I can't remember what it was. Um, it was last year, I think it was. And they had the, a big interview with the guy, the developer of uh, these, this so-called Dark Station. And they showed some early experiments where they're having wireframe with helium and seeing how buoyant it was and what they could make the stuff from. Uh, so yeah, it was actually quite an interesting documentary. High altitude airship. So that's something new, right? So they're still working on it. Crash landing. Okay. Yeah, it's all that one. But it's not the one we're after. So look, they win a new contract for high altitude, so they haven't finished with these bl blimps. <laughs> uh, let's see. Blimps. Are we just talking hypersonic? Okay. 
Any HS could be the future of air travel. Lucky to build a Mac 20 hypersonic weapon system. There you go. Mac 20, wow. Lockheed flies into uncertain future, uh, future with hypersonic planes. SR-72. Let's have a look at that one. That's not what we're after though, but it's just interesting what you can come up with uh, when you do searches. Hmm, that looks like a triangle. Uh, it looks like something UFO people would see in the sky, doesn't it? So, uh, you can see there's this, a lot of um, possibilities already just looking at this page here alone. But we, we know they're working on it for at least since the 50s. Um, so, and we come across that um, missile they're talking about. Um, XB-70 in the last episode and uh, the UFO shaped hypersonic missile of all things <laughs> and back in 1957 so they had the technology of hypersonics back in the 50s so um yeah so maybe it wasn't Lockheed Martin that had that contract was it JPL This is um, like hiding things in plain sight, right? Because this is not part of the FOIA request system. These are, they're farmed off to these contract sites, which don't cover, aren't covered by FOIA. Well, it's got JPL Lockheed there, so maybe they were involved in that one as well, was it? Could be NASA's next channel, 2014. That was, uh, what's that, 24 years after Calvine. Robot blints could soar on other worlds. A lightweight inflatable hypersonic drag device for planetary, uh, what? Balloon plus parachute. Uh, we got here hypersonic flying laboratory <laughs> uh, take home a Russian experimental vehicle so the Russians are at it too now is it oh. okay Yikes. Looks like it goes into space too, doesn't it? And then... What's it do from there? <laughs> Attack USA. So, yeah. We just don't know what's out there. Uh... 
I still haven't managed to find what I'm after though. This is all new stuff. High altitude control balloons developed for Earth. Uh, maybe they called it airship. Maybe airship instead of blimp. Maybe just um, airship. Pretty sure it's lucky, and I. Uh, might have to type V shape, maybe. It'll probably come up eventually. We talk, we talk giant V shaped airships. Here we go. Phoenix. Reaching speeds up to 17,000 miles per hour, close to Mach 23. Okay, let's just have a look at that one. <laughs> Uh, JP, J not JPL then, JP Aerospace Founder. Uh, here we go, this guy here. He's been interviewed and he says he's, they've been working on it for a long time. And he reckons that the, the Phoenix Lights was one of these that come down from high altitude. And you can see here it's easily five stories. You can see it's got a row of lights inside. On the middle of this one and it makes you wonder if that's what Art Bell also saw heading towards Area 51 okay but yeah it's best to uh, find that TV sh interview because um, this doesn't have it all so here they are interconnecting uh, one concept drawing there and they did some test rigs like this with actual weather balloons and helium with um, lightweight materials uh, that were really strong. And it gets close to um, edge of space, right? And floats around. And some early experiments there and photographs. And does it even go into sea is the question. But there one that one there. Could that be like one of the pods that goes underneath with the planes attaching? Uh, big black triangles. And there's another one. Also, I've added a bit more to the page since I've last been here then. Uh, talking about airflow, the best designs. And then you got the regular blimps they use in Arizona and now for radar blimps and cameras. And we're talking about the loom balloon there as well on Google. Yeah, but yeah, I don't don't know if it's got anything about hypersonics here, but they did say Mac twenty three on that header, didn't they? 
Uh, hypersonic. Which is hard to believe that an airship will blimp. I suppose uh, airship, the difference of airship has got some framework inside. Uh, 26 hits here. Pivot to high speed testing. Stratosphere. Um, lighter than the hypersonics yeah, what's it saying here uh, NASA was flying V-shape lighter than air re-entry records at speeds as high as max 7 at 96 miles above the earth surface not 100,000 feet so uh, there is at least a technical Present for hypersonic inflatable aircraft, extreme altitudes. Okay, but on the interview you said they did actually have it working. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure what the show was called now, but you probably can look it up on my past streams. So that's the dive, is it? Drive.com. Anyway, better catch up on the side chat. So that's my little presentation there anyway. Uh, take it how you want. Uh, I think it's a possibility. Let me just catch up on the side now and post that link. Um... Uh, the Kelvin photos uh, don't exist. Um, they're under protection till 2076. The only one that was leaked uh, was printed in a copy from... Um, I can't remember his name now, but from a desk drawer. Hypersonic airships. There you go. Um, okay, so <laughs> a few of you talking here. Let's see, Michael, happy belated, uh, belated uh, birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, spew, yes. Uh, well, this got over sickness by then, <laughs> lucky enough. I'm not a bot, I'm a amigo. Yep, okay. I was just going to say MacRest, I think we covered that one. Uh, planes buggers, aren't they? Um, there was also experiments with the F-35, wasn't there? And various cotons. No one will care if alive. This is ridiculous. Uh, Robert Farmer. <laughs> Always debating. Uh, Amy. So could this be invisible under cloud cover? Uh, certainly uh, airships are radar invisible. Because uh, it just passes through. Alright. Because of the shape and material. Uh, pretty much it's taken as artifact, right? 
uh, especially when you're high altitude like that you get artifacts um, so yeah I don't think the Russians or the Chinese would even have a clue it was up there and you got to remember the earth is quite big really <laughs> So even if this thing is like uh, seven stadiums big or whatever and it's made into parts then it can travel at hypersonic speeds <laughs> and they can stay up there indefinitely as long as they've got food. Uh, they certainly could generate their own power and they could have nuclear batteries or nuclear generators, who knows. And that'd be part of the Black Ops secrecy, of course. Uh, no one would want nuclear reactors flying above their country that they don't know about. Uh, so could this be invisible under clouds? Yes, uh, it's cloaking, but look like a cloud. Um, clouds are normally what we see are about a thousand feet, right? And planes can go up to fifty thousand feet. So you got to you've got to think in massive scales here. <laughs> when you're talking about this uh, floating um, airship or cloud station, <laughs> as you want to call it, uh, from uh, what is it, it's Captain Scarlet? I can't remember what the name of it was called now. Um, but we can look it up in past live shows, I guess. Um, so even planes at 50,000 feet or even 100,000 feet weather balloons with cameras are not going to see this thing 100 miles above them. Alright. Uh, let's see. How many miles is 100,000? Five miles? So they're going to be 95 miles above them. I think that's uh, calculation. Let me just uh, bring it up. Let's uh, do some calculations. Did I post that link? I did, didn't I? Uh, yeah. Before I get rid of it. <laughs> uh, there's going to be other links there, right? Um, JP Aerospace, so you can look it up if you want to and play the videos if there's any that's available and listen to what they're saying. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to lie about it. I think now we're talking about Russians 2015 also having high altitude airships. Maybe they know about the Americans now, so it's not really that top secret. <laughs> and because um, it's one guy's voice, isn't it, from Let's Come Out Leaker, basically. So uh, we're looking at that. So what's 100,000 feet to miles? Oh, 18, 19 miles, is it? Okay, so that makes it 18 miles away. Can you see anything 18 miles away? <laughs> uh, it's pretty small, isn't it? Um, we can see planes at 50,000 feet, 18 miles away. But could you see something uh, above you directly? 
80 miles away. Uh, this just reduced the height because we're taking account that if we we're at 100,000 feet, I don't think we would see anything. <laughs> we can just barely see uh, with 20 times zoom on my camera uh, the outline of a plane at um, 38 to 50,000 feet, right? Um, and also length, length away horizontally. Uh, at least 80 kilometers to 100 kilometers. So, but I'd say they would have also, like these planes would have some sort of um, coating on it which absorbs even more radio uh, radar signals. And I suspect it probably has some sort of um, LED skin built which can project um, whatever's above it below it so if you're looking up you're not going to see it optically either so um, you got to remember they were mucking around with um, this type of technology with DARPA right with the drones so yeah um, I suppose that's pretty much it apart from having a look like the disclosure team link that uh, which will share, uh, which Robert sent us to have a look at. Uh, it's two hours long though. <laughs> we can play a couple of clips on it, I guess. And you can have a listen to what David Clark had researched about it as well. Q and A. Calvine. Disclosure. Uh, let's have a skim of it. Okay, we don't hey, lose Matthew. it. Hi all, uh, my name is Matthew Wilsley. In uh, April 2021, I came across the Calvine case in the tabloid media. Um, I messaged David Clark as a result of seeing the articles and um, seeking clarification at a what was in the files, what wasn't. And Where's what was Robert? That's what I want to know. And uh, <laughs> I basically got swept down the rabbit hole along with uh, the rest of us. <laughs> um, everything just began to uh, began, began to pull at this thread. And uh, lo and behold, after uh, a year and a half, we, uh, we managed to succeed in, in getting the photograph. Fantastic. Excellent. Thank you for that, guys. So let's start. So I think initially, Andrew, if you'd like to... to give us your sort of small uh, presentation and to discuss the analysis. That would be a, a good point to start, I think. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen. Sure. Um, so hopefully you can all see. There we go. Yep. Okay. So as I explained, I kind of, David asked me if I would uh, uh, copy the photograph. Um, originally and so we met on the afternoon following his return from Scotland and I produced both photographic copies and high-resolution scans of the image itself the envelope that it was sent to Craig in and photocopies that I believe were produced at the time in order to fax a copy of the image to London um, the uh, high-resolution scans resulted in a 
this is a copy of this this is when we were actually scanning it uh, in a 2.14 gigabyte image so it's a it's a very detailed file unfortunately you you know the 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 image itself doesn't have great detail in it because it's only a 10 by 8 print but nevertheless we can, <laughs> we can zoom in and i took uh, still photographs so that we can make comparisons so if there's any uh, anything that's a result of the scanning process you know dust on the screen or anything like that we can sort of double check against a photographic print um when i was doing this i was kind of saying to david oh well, have you noticed this have you noticed that and in the end this is why you need to get your hands on a negative because we know you can get 4k probably if not higher from the negatives so unfortunately the negatives may have been deteriorated depending on how they stored it as well so maybe the even this photograph will outlast the negatives and that's the best we're going to get so yeah um that's yet to be seen but we ain't going to be around when it's released if ever they might extend it again and i i ended up doing a, a kind of a detailed analysis that Think David then it fed into your article a little bit as well didn't it David and certainly it's it's been uh, I think it's been shared by Vinnie and and it's it's kind of people have responded to some of the uh, uh, the points that I made and I, I thought I'd now briefly cover some of these key points relating to the print so what's important to realize is that whilst the image is printed on color paper uh, and it has a slight sepia tone it's a print from a black and white negative Sepia. Uh, a colour negative mentioned... printed on colour paper would not produce a black and white image, no matter how you adjusted the... Remember at the beginning of the show, I said about sepia tonin, orange colour uh, tonin on how they make the chemicals. So uh, it's good that he's mentioned that too. Colour filtration during printing. Uh, we also know this from the back stamp. So this is a back stamp... Uh, it's a big enlargement and usually it's quite faint, but this is a back stamp that covers the photographic paper. And th this is, um, you know, this fits the era and, and color paper produced by Kodak. And the image also has a print number on its back. Um, this is a print number. This hasn't been released before. I, I've been looking into this, but unfortunately this number doesn't include a date. It just gives the enlarger settings and various data codes, the number of the machine, and these can be preset by the uh, the, the lab that's printing it. And in this case, uh, I would assume that the printer was in-house at the Daily Record, that they'd have a, a mini-lab printer uh, make to tricks. produce uh, this print. Surface abrasions on the, the print. So in the center here, we see the Calvine print. And uh, on the left and the right uh, are other prints of roughly the same era. Uh, which I've scratched the surface of, and you get a very similar result. This is what you get when you scratch uh, uh, color emulsion. Uh, it, you kind of get this pinky, uh, yellowy uh, coloring, which is not the paper base. It's, it's kind of the the layer of emulsion be beneath the, the image layer. So this is all consistent with uh, it being a color print. And in addition, there's a little spot up the top left-hand corner of the print, which appears in this kind of turquoise green color. And I'm struggling to really know what this is, other than if it is uh, an area of undeveloped paper. So color paper, when you take it out of the box in daylight, which you should never do, of course, because you're ruining it, but it's got a turquoise green base color. And I'm wondering if there was something attached to the surface of the paper here, which stopped the paper being processed at this point. And that's a little bit of undeveloped paper. Uh, so all of this is consistent with it being a oops 
excuse me, of it being a print um, on colour paper uh, produced on a mini lab machine. So not a darkroom hand print, uh, but something produced on a mini lab, the kind of mini lab that you'd have in a high street store. And they can produce Im images, images up to 10 by 8 in size. Um, so I'm confident this is a print made from a black and white negative on colour paper. Now there's two different possible types of film that might produce the print. The first is traditional silver-based uh, photography, black and white films such as HP5 or Kodak Tri-X or any of the other black and white films. And the other possible film is uh, Ilford XB1 or XB2, uh, which is a chromogenic film. Uh, so pretty much we know this now. I'll just skim on a wee bit. So it's probably a, a poor quality enlarging lens, and, and that's that would be probably expected on a mini lab. You know, if it was a darkroom print and you were using a high quality enlarger lens, you, you shouldn't be getting this. Okay. So um, this craft is not a perfect diamond either. We've sort of noticed it's got a sort of a rounded edge to it here. But could that be like the top of um, something in between? Uh, that's what I said, yeah. It does kind of look like two jets back to back, right? <laughs> and you can see it's got a spine bit down the middle. And it's got white areas here and here where you'd expect cop cockpits to be and a, a dark cat nose, right? And this one here... has a little blobby bit on the end uh, which I thought might have been two jets passing and that's like a vapour trail happening but I thought this one here on the right was a wee bit more forward than this one here so there's a few meters behind them would explain uh, why one plane's overlapping the other just as a person but yeah it could be that stealth blimp idea where they're sort of hanging off the side of a tube that we just don't see here behind and there could be another two planes on the other side but yeah it's just a theory uh, and i want to add to the list oh. so let's um carry on Okay, next. If we move on just to look at the photograph and consider the scene that it depicts, it looks as though the camera is pointing slightly upwards with the overcast sky filling the majority of the frame. Now, I know when this was reproduced in the newspaper, uh, the sky almost went pure white. But believe me, there are clouds in there, and if you darken the image down, you can see the shapes. Yeah, you of can the see the clouds. So it's an overcast sky. And as you can see, there's a fence running along the lower edge of the frame and what appears to be a landscape visible behind. Now, there's been some debate about this, but I, I believe that there's a landscape behind the fence in the lower uh, section of, of the image. There's also an unexplained darkening of the image in the lower right-hand corner. Uh, so you can see the image is slightly darker in the lower right-hand corner, and I can't explain this. Um, two types of branches uh, coming into the frame from the top. And in the center of the image is this unexplained, unknown, diamond-shaped object behind which appears to be a plane flying from right to left in the image. 
Now, some were saying that's a rowboat, um, and what we're seeing here is not not the terrain, but part of the water. But I say bollocks for that. <laughs> but I can see how they could see that could be someone in a rowboat, uh, single person, and that's the front of the boat, and they're just rowing backwards, uh, a bit like... Um, a rowboat but uh, yeah to me that looks like a hairy jet you know you got the fat end uh, which is what it looks like and then it has a little skinny tail and then a single fin tail at the back right it's just really blurry and you can see the pixels here now so yeah, you can see how someone could have imagination that's an ore into the water with a little tiny reflection, but uh, why is his reflection a lot smaller than the so-called uh, island in the lake, right? Um, that reflection would have to be the same depth as that boat there to be on the same angle. And why is it not the same colour even? That's pretty blackish there so but I can see what they're saying um, but yeah it's, it's not image and I'd say from the field of view of the image it's likely that the lens sorry it's likely that the photograph was produced not using a standard lens unless this is a severe crop of the original negative <coughs> using a lens with a focal length of maybe 80 to 120 it could be a, slight, a, a mid telephoto uh, lens it could have been produced on an slr or on a compact point and shoot camera with a zoom lens and it's worth mentioning that affordable reasonable quality compact cameras with zoom lenses were very popular in the early 90s uh, as far Excuse as i'm concerned me. the image shows no evidence of negative or print-based manipulation and all visible signs suggest that this is a genuine photograph of something in front of the camera. So just going on now, if, if that's okay, Vinny, uh, I was going to go on and talk about some of the key areas of the image and starting with the fence at the bottom. And the fence uh, appears to uh, appear to be a number of... So, um, a bit blurry, isn't it? Is that because of the slight movement of the hand as he took the photograph? So I don't know about film and chemicals and negatives and all that sort of stuff. And of course if we go back to the other one, it's very really blurry. Oh, where's it disappeared to? <laughs> uh, motion blur. I reckon there is maybe some motion blur anyway it's pretty good though But, um, Amin Addicts, uh, Stu said he believed he saw better detail than this and it had like um, irregular shapes like um, um, the stealth craft that come out where they, they clipped on all these 
uh, straight straight angles bits on top of the body which uh, confused radar uh, so that's his opinion that it looked man-made rather than alien craft but who's to say you know uh, aliens may use that uh, old technology back then and maybe it's refined now cast sky filling the majority of the frame now i know when this was reproduced in the newspaper uh, the sky almost went pure white but believe me there are okay so we need to skim back on he's talking about the fence line okay that show is showing the second wire which i'm assuming to be barbed wire fence um <coughs> it went out and took some photos of the barbed wire fence intentionally out of focus yeah, so barbed wire is very common on farms over here, so I'd say it'd be similar in Scotland, because uh, it was a lot of farmland. If you remember our last live on this 59, um, we looked at the map, didn't we? There was a lot of farmland there with valleys and hills and a remote area. Uh, that was another claim that it was a banner plane <laughs> yeah what promoting animal feed to farmers uh yeah kind of stupid that scott brando would even bring that up <laughs> but anyway um gotta love the debunkers um rather than truthers they don't believe it so they've got to come up with um everything that can discredit it so we've got a few more of those to come up here from mick west on uh, aerial school as well <laughs> and it as you as the image got increasingly out of focus uh, the barbs disappeared and you just got these regular blobs of uh, of a darker color a darker density a lot along the wire uh, and let me get where am i you can see that in the photograph actually what he's saying yeah so uh, his analysis is dead on obviously uh, i don't disagree with anything he said so far uh, from my own research and what i've heard wall grass shows greater blur than the field well we know we do get animal fear like sheep stuck on barbed wire Uh, I'm not sure why there's so much spent on the fence though <laughs> but you know, we'll just skim on uh, you can go and listen to it after the show I guess using a, a length of the Harrier of 14.4 meters which see that does depending look like what a Harrier, Harrier. It, is, it, it might be slightly different uh, also given that we have a scale in the foreground with the barbed wire fence and we know the length of the Harrier in the background you can make some very, very approximate uh, estimations of what the size of this object might be if it is behind the fence. And my calculations are that it, if it was a third of the way between the fence and the Harrier in the background, it would be 20 meters long. And if it was halfway between the fence and the Harrier in the background, it would be approximately 30 meters long. Um, okay, so I'm sure we'll come back to... So does that fit two jets back to back though? Um, so it's really hard to just uh, distances in the 2D photo. 
and he's used it for typical um, poles between a barbed wire fence, which is actually quite clever, I must admit. Uh, how long is my jet fighter? Just type that in. See what comes up. Uh, 15 meters. What do you say? 30 minutes. Uh, 30 meters. The objects. I think that fits ex exactly. You know, F16 would be the same. Similar to F14 or whatever. Or F35. Triangle shape. So it still fits what I said. Um, let's just keep on going. Talk about the Harrier and, and so on later, but that that was. Uh, uh... That was my analysis of it. Now, uh, some people, some commentators have suggested that the image is actually a reflection in a lake. And yeah, he's going to talk about the lake. And let me just go here. So he's saying the Harrier jet. It's four and a half there. Okay, let's uh, length of Harrier jet. I just want to. See if there's anything that sort of doesn't match. Forty-two feet. So what's he saying there then? It's quite short to Harry Jet though, isn't it? To other planes, thirteen meters. So it's normal jet size. So let me just have a listen to what he's saying there again. Where's it gone? Now, um, if we were to assume, just for for argument's sake, that the unidentified object was in the same plane as the Harrier, then it's four and a quarter Harriers long. Okay, so he's making an assumption there. I believe is about 60 meters. I've just lost my piece of paper. I just need to go get mine. Yeah, no. But... Obviously, it's not going to be in the same plane, is it? No pun intended. Not, not, English is funny. A plane, plane. So I think the 30 meter one fits better, what are you saying? Um, so that would give a length of the object of 60 meters, the Harrier. Then it's four and a quarter Harriers long, which I believe is about 60 meters. I've just lost my piece of paper background it would be approximately 30 meters long so i think that's more accurate there based on the fence is it uh so that's sort of fitting where i would agree uh, keep uh, going okay so i'm sure we'll come back to talk about the harrier and, and so on later but that that was uh, uh that was my analysis of it. Now, uh, some people, some commentators have suggested that the image is actually a reflection in a lake and that we should invert it like this uh, to view it. Now, mm, whilst sure this is a that. possible explanation, um, I'm not ruling it out, I feel that there's some serious difficulties with the reading of the image in this way. So if this was an inversion and, and the... Um, this diamond-shaped object was actually a tri triangular piece of wood or a triangular rock protruding through the surface of uh, a, a lake. And what we should be seeing is a mirror image uh, in the water. 
And not too sure. Again, he's, he's got to take in count of where you're standing and elevation and all that. So, yeah, I'm not sure where the upside-down business comes from. Uh, I'm not sure why you'd have to flip it. Maybe because of the color tones? I don't know. Anyway, let's skim on. Uh, I'm not too happy with that one anyway. And they're not too happy with the lake reflection anyway as well. That's right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is, and this was taken from the, the Wade Military Road, the General Wade's Military Road, which was basically the first road through the Scottish Highlands um, built in the 1730s, I think. It used to take troops up to Fort George and... Uh... Yeah, so... Um, I think we might have to leave it there. We don't want to play too much of it. ...in front of the tree line. So they have got these type of trees that fit where the location is, so um, they're proving the location. And they got that fence line there, so yeah, maybe they found the area which is not overlooking a lake. <laughs> and you can see the hills and valleys there in farmland, and you can see a mountain or a hill range here as well. And it has got that sort of cloud, uh, same clouds in the other photograph too. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a legit photograph. No doubt about it. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. If we have a look at the image there, they've taken there. Yes, the trees the other way. Does sound like they might have been standing around a tree like that there, near the fence, uh, snapping it, and not being visible, because the tree would hide them. Because they said they were scared, didn't they? Hmm. I suppose if the military did spot them, they might have rounded them up too. <laughs> but they didn't have to because the UK rang. For some reason, sent it to MOD. I suppose they'll probably talk about it in this episode. But yeah, it kind of looks blurry even on that one, doesn't it? Uh, this is probably a modern day snap. So maybe the tree was moving slightly of a breeze. And uh, the type of lens and all that sort of business. Um, you know about the F number. Remember the F number? Where you got the aperture open, letting more light in or less light in. You know, pinhole camera gets very uh, detailed and focus. Foreground and background, I think it was. Um, you can probably look up that in the past live streams. But... Um, What else we got? Graham Randall. The irrelevant point, but you know, when I was 18, and it's quite known that I used to be into skateboarding and that, and we were all typical teenage tearaways, but a couple of the lads were 
were keen photographers who had nice cameras, played around with different film types. We'd still go and get drunk and do all that crazy stuff, but... Yeah. Where's all these Scottish people talking? <laughs> at service for that role, because the Buccaneers were coming out of service as well. So there was no... Yeah, so just skim it. Um, so you can watch it if you want to. It could have been, it could have been that they just got put in the uh, in the negative file or something, and then circa two thousand and one, when everything was digitised, they just chucked the lot and burnt it, you know. And so the best photo, the best negatives that. Yeah, that's right. I think maybe you're never going to see the negatives ever. <laughs> Anyway, that's enough on Cowboy and Update, I think. Uh, that's enough for you guys to carry on more research. <clears throat> so we can start looking at other stuff. Okay, third phase, is it? Or should we go for McQuest? <laughs> uh, so he's explaining... Uh, aerial school here, McQuest, onto the new subject, saying that the kids saw puppets, <laughs> not aliens, and I just think uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, this guy who's never interviewed anyone or doesn't believe eyewitness accounts ever, the fallout with Gary Norman, uh, Nolan, was it? Joel uh, Weldon, what's this? Joel Weldon, some white hair dryers. I'm not sure what he's talking about there. <laughs> um, but he's on a panel here. Let's see if it plays. Uh, yeah, it's the the aerial school thing. Obviously, was you know this this sighting in uh, Zimbabwe where the, all these kids thought they saw aliens. And uh, uh, it's been a bit controversial ever since. <laughs> and uh, at some point, yeah, I, I, I basically speculated that you know, the, the kids probably didn't see aliens. There was some kind of inciting incident that kind of led to essentially a kind of uh, mass uh, storytelling within the kids, and it developed into false memories because of the uh, the questioning of the people uh, like Cynthia Hind and John Mack, who perhaps gave leading questions to the kids. That's my general theory. Now, someone else comes along and they they, they had an experience where their, their kids were going to school and their kids uh, did a, a class exercise where the, the teachers pretended that an alien spaceship had landed in the school uh, backfield. Back and they did this thing where the kids all have to write about it. And, and this guy like observed his kids uh, and the way they reacted to that experience and the way they recalled things that didn't actually happen like they recalled there being a big hole in the spaceship and there wasn't a hole in the spaceship so that got this guy interested i can't remember his name unfortunately i'm terrible with names how many kids saw it though 20 how many era school um would uh, all of them get that wrong? Uh, now the adults, would they still be getting uh, the information that they remember clearly in their heads wrong? Or hypersteria? Or false memories? Uh, I don't think everybody would fit that category. If they're all saying it was uh, a UFO and aliens and not puppets, uh, how many children 
I know we did cover this with Robert's uh, aerial school. We actually looked at the body language and they looked like they were telling the truth too. Uh, UFO sighting. There must have been a few of them. 60! <laughs> but was that how many saw it though? Uh, 60 children at Sibabwe School said they seen a UFO. So 60 children who are now adults all got false memories apparently. Uh, to these experts, uh, induced by John Mack, I just call it cobblers. I never saw any um, leading questions. Uh, I'm not sure if we can play it still, can we? Um, Martin Willis has had a few interviews with some of them, and they took, described the aliens. As typical greys of the black eyes, but I've heard uh, through other people that one of these grey aliens jumped onto a big rock and it had a pot belly. So they're not all the same, these alien greys. It doesn't sort of discount them being uh, biological robots, doesn't it? Alright, so uh, 60. That's quite a lot. Okay. Uh, where, where did we get to? <laughs> uh, he's got much of the clip left here, is it? Uh, so he kind of went down a rabbit hole and he started researching this theory where he thought that perhaps what was seen were puppets. <laughs> on the face of it sounds kind of ridiculous. No. He did a load of research and I'd encourage people to, to read this. Uh, he found like a puppet company that was in Zimbabwe at that time and he, he researched what they did and he, he showed how there were parallels between uh, what the puppets looked like and the, 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 the the images that were drawn and the descriptions that were given. Uh, uh, some of the images drawn. And even showed like parallels between the way the, the, the aliens communicated and the way puppets kind of wordlessly communicate with kind of visual cues. Uh, and he did all this work and he, he asked me if I would uh, retweet it essentially. And I, I was initially reluctant to do this because I thought, <laughs> yeah. mm, puppets, that sounds, that sounds kind of silly. Oh yeah, my puppets, God, yeah. Yeah, I thought puppets will become... I don't think these people on the side are believing. Uh, UFO Jane, you know what I think about here. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not sure about this group of people either. But um, yeah. McRest... I suppose they must have the numbers, have they? I suppose we'd have to open it up and find out how many people they got following them. Because that's all that matters now, as long as you've got 10,000 subs. The Identified Celebrity View, UCR, as they've called. Now, they only got big because they had Lou on there, wasn't it? He drew the audience for him. Good stuff to have mates in high places, eh? The rest of us have got to do it the hard way. <laughs> and be hated. Um, why, I don't know. 
But when you challenge people's worldview uh, and have your own experiences and uh, you've got people saying all sorts of crazy things that doesn't sort of match your own experiences and what you've seen, um, paranormal even, and you've got to challenge it, saying they're bullshit and making up the story. There are some crazy stories out there, isn't there? And folklore, of course. Uh, so yeah, puppets. So he's got a link here, which I didn't see at first. But if we open it up, um, I'll paste the link to it to the Twitter feed so you can get it as well. And apparently that's a puppet being tested in the grass. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, this so looks like a alien grey with big eyes. And uh, nope. <laughs> Mysterious events. And so it goes on and on and on. Now we'll just skim it. Class exercise, echo scene reporting. And then he starts cherry picking some of the images. So, uh, what are they saying? That looks like a puppet on a string, is it? <laughs> Spacecraft. I don't know. Uh, what's all that garbage? Uh, wires. Is that near the school or what? What's it say? Have we got a caption? Actual scene at our school. My fence line. Not sure. I have to, you have to read it all. Oh, articulate and accurate. Saw some spaceship alien beings. I think there's better evidence. Puppet hypothesis. I think they saw puppets. Uh, okay. Keep on going. What kind of puppets could they have seen? Ah. Those? Adolf Hitler? <laughs> and a baby puppet? Ah, yeah, that's more uh, Cupid uh, thing for Dr. Greer to use for faking. Ah, so big eyes. Oh yeah, that definitely looks like an alien grey. Nope. Puppet show about AIDS for children. Okay, so here's a puppet show. Um, yes, so children are going to be misled by that. And now they're adults and they still think it's um, a UFO. With aliens popping up the top. I uh, don't think so. And there's one there. Uh, I think the kids know what a puppet show would be. I just don't believe it. <laughs> and there we got Men in Black. Which um, they meant to have drawn some pictures down here. Men in Black. Suits with big heads. 
So we're the aliens not wearing skin tight greys, but we're wearing black absorbent light type jumper set instead. So they're com so they're comparing uh, these drawings, two of them, from sixty children to this men in black with a puppet in between. <laughs> um yeah. And that's uh doesn't make sense so it had, would have to be one of those big head ones that they said above so they obviously have got a picture of that happening that's technology magic talking about old times and puppet shows uh, yeah that really helps <laughs> puppet with strings yeah no strings attached to aliens Uh, that one's using fishing line and simulating a bird puppet. And the guy dressed in black, I assume. Um, I'm not sure if you can play the video, but... I often go into a library or school and there'll be older kids and they're sitting there like this. I'm like, we are not going to like this. I might initially get into it because how it's done mechanically. Then they'll get into the beauty of it. Yeah, I think aerial skills wouldn't, uh, even in a man in black suit, uh, would be a bit suspect. Um, what else we got? Telepathic communication. Uh, Johnny Mick. Do twelve of the tw uh, children. Two months after the event, and brought out new details. Of note, uh, how their fans and imagined motives of the beings are brought to the foreground. Most notably, is the idea that the children received a wordless message about the environment and technology from beings. These interviews place the era school children within the targeted creation of personal. Uh, what's that one? Epiphany. <laughs> and, and I don't think that's how you say it. An audience that com companies like AREPP Puppet School sought to achieve. So puppets can transmit telepathically through the artist's movements. Uh, okay. Head of time. Uh, what's this one? Podcast. Tell me, what do you spend your weekends doing in the Rua? Okay, sometimes I listen to the radio, sometimes I... So they're saying they've been influenced by radio and television. You never heard about aliens and UFOs before. Is that what they're trying to say? Children attending private school were somehow so remote to be cut off from popular culture. So they're saying that they're prepped, pre prepped uh, to aliens.
I just don't get um, why 60 students or 12 of them would lie. What are they gaining from it? But their body language, if you look at the body language, they certainly weren't lying when they were being interviewed. And that's something that, um, well, have they done it? Um, that um, body language panel guys would could do, couldn't they? Okay, so you can see a big rope on that one. So what's this one? If we are to hear of such a case in this town, we would need a puppet. Have compassion for the person, love the person. Not so how would they pull that one off? Uh, a truck, flatbed truck with a puppet show on the back, shaped like a UFO, and puppets walking around. Uh, but that doesn't fit the eyewitness accounts of it coming down, though, does it? Um, I'm not sure if you can find anything with it being interviewed. Uh, let's have a look. Aerial. Kids. Uh, UFO. Kids. Explaining how UFO showed up. I'm not sure if that's the right words to use. Uh, was it landed or did, did someone see it land? Can't remember now myself. Uh, is uh, Robert out there still? He might know. But um, children talk about witnessing. Ah, the landing. Here we go. Let's see. Can we play it safely? <laughs> it looks pretty old. Um, hmm. Why does it say June 2022, though? Eyes on similar. Sounds like it's from a documentary where it's going to be a problem, isn't it? Uh, I suppose we could give him a plug if we play it, though, couldn't we? Uh, how many subscribers he got? About the same as me, so let's have a look. Um, we were playing down over there on the, um, on the log. Yeah? And then we saw something shiny, so we all ran down over there. And it was in the early morning? It was at break time. Yeah? And then we saw something shiny. And we saw two two people, they were in black, tight black suit, and they had big eyes, and a small, we didn't actually see their nose, but it was quite small, and their mouth was quite small as well. One of them was running in slow motion up across the ship, and the other one was standing 
beside the ship. Yeah, you made a drawing, huh? You really looked like this? No, yeah, something yeah. like that. I couldn't see the eyes or the nose or the mouth. It was just blank, like a piece of paper. Okay, so that's where they got the black um, figures from. So that's two of the kids, wasn't it? Well, when they came, I thought they were crazy. Was <laughs> <laughs> this the first thing you thought? <laughs> I thought they were crazy just coming to our school doing nothing. And all I saw was something like silver coming down. And I said, what must that be? And everybody's crowding it. I must go crowd too. And then I went and I started crowding and everybody... Uh, they... So something silver coming down. So that sounds like a flat big truck or some camper van or whatever with a puppet puppet show on it, does it? Sounds like he said it's definitely coming down. I wonder if we get any more information. Then more people came and more and then I said, Hey, I can't see anymore. Come on, somebody, I'm short. Come on. <clears throat> and then I went to the front and I started seeing more of them and then I just ran away. <laughs> um, the day before the special came, my friends and I, we were sitting um, in the playground and uh, one of my friends, her name Emily, she looked up into the sky and she said, oh, there's a UFO. She said, and I looked at it and she said, no, just kidding, it's an aeroplane. And we looked up and um, I thought to myself, that can't be an aeroplane because it was very shiny. It, was, it looked kind of like a cigarette, you know. It was a long thing and then on the end it was all shiny. And... Um, so I said, maybe it is a UFO. So we were all kind of like getting scared now. And then um, the day that it happened, then we started thinking, yeah, there must have been a UFO in the sky. Because my brother also saw it, but he's left the school now. Mm -hmm. It was sort of like... Was that the day before they saw it? See, I'm not quite sure if I heard that right there. It's sort of like a round shape. It's sort of like a plate, sort of like two plates that were sort of like on top of each other. <laughs> Then there was sort of like the um, hole, the hatch for it, and there was sort of like in between two trees. But you couldn't see that clearly, and it was just silver all over. And didn't, I didn't see any men. So he saw it landed. Or something like that. You saw one UFO, but surrounded by little ones? Yeah, one yeah, big one. One spaceship. Yeah, let me see. Let me yeah. see your drawing. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure what this is from. So one big, well, one big ship, and then small ones surrounding it with, um, with there were lights. Yeah. Surrounding the ship. All right, lights. So was that like orbs they're talking about there? Like uh, Sean's, huh? This is Sean's drawing. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And, okay, one landed, the big one landed, and the and two aliens it, came out. Yes. And... Okay, so they saw it landing, so it means it's coming downwards. So unless they've got the puppet show on a dangling off a crane being lowered down, it's starting to sound less like puppets to me. <laughs> uh, so and what are you thinking, guys, out there? What happened with the little ones? The little, go there and then it'll vanish and then it'll go there and vanish and then vanish. Oh, really? They're going quickly. Like as if it was one ship moving. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, can this uh, drawing? Miller. Come on. Were they
people say to you, no, it wasn't true, so you, th you think it wasn't true as well. Then you think that neighborhood who believed you? So I only want to find out about where it landed. The grass was burnt and all the living things had died there in that area. Oh, okay, so there's a lot of information in these kids, which doesn't fit the puppet. Uh, so we, yeah, we just give a plug on this one because we just skimmed it and played some clips, which may get us in trouble, but we'll see how we're going. Uh, aerial. Um, kids, explain them. Okay. So it sounds like they saw it land. Some of them saw it land anyway. Okay, just uh, close that back down. So we're just going through the puppet theory still. So we just saw some of these drawings on that video clip. Oh yeah, that looks so alien-like. Actually, it looks like Tyler Klockner from the security. <laughs> So yeah, he was over there in Africa at that time, faking a UFO landing, was he? Because <laughs> he's a known hoaxer of uh, interviews for himself, and also using Photoshop and CGI. So, but that's why he's got two million followers, right? Um, truth doesn't matter; only uh, special effects and lies matter when it comes to ufology. Um, Let's have a look. Puppets against AIDS. I've seen that one. Um, that's not the same one, is it? That looks like Michael Jackson's <laughs> suit. Wasn't that... Um, I thought that one was related to... The Welsh sighting, but maybe not. That one looks like the leader in the black suit wearing black. So it fits in with the men in black, though, doesn't it, as well? <laughs> big eyes and wearing sunglasses. Big head, big eyes, short legs, long top. And they said sometimes the men in black look like they're walking on stilts. So, uh, could they be? Uh, it's very really true. Uh, instead of being tall, white-looking men, they may be some sort of hybrid that's still short and on stilts. But anyway, there's lots and lots of stories out there of abduction account uh, contactee sightings. Yeah, so real land, but then again, that's a modern photograph from satellite. 
Uh, what did it look back in, at the time that they saw it? Uh, it's probably a bit more built up, right? I mean, less built up with more forest. So, uh, somehow I don't think that looks like anything like an alien. Certainly a big head, bigger head, but the eyes proportion. So, so they're saying this puppeteers drove around in a van. Doesn't explain UFO coming down though, does it? They would have to pull it up on a cable on a tree and make it look like it's coming down. That's uh, was a possibility, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure the kids would be uh, and onto that sort of stuff. Uh, looks like it's a cell tower there, so that must be a modern picture. Uh, trees, kids, aliens. And there's one of those big head things. Run it on slow motion. War, paper mache heads. Yeah, well, they'd have to move slow, wouldn't they? But, yeah, I can see how they're trying to fit things, right? And it doesn't really mesh together properly. Okay, let's keep on going. Stiff necks. Okay, what's she saying on this one? They were just like looking at all of us. They didn't, they seem to have stiff necks. They didn't seem to move their necks like we can. Uh, but that's uh, typical of eyewitness accounts of a ductee, uh, of um, grazer. Oh, yeah, they got stiff necks. Yeah, I can see what they're saying here about puppets with the stiff necks and it just rotating. But you can see they're not living. Right? That's another thing. They're not actually living. They're not blinking. And I wouldn't say they've got small noses. That one looks like an African. This one, I'm not sure, a white man, maybe. Uh, more pictures. So, we're saying multiple windows matches a UFO with windows. And the front of the car. And uh, wouldn't the kids know what a van was to, to a spaceship, though? <laughs> You know, that's another thing, right? It's making all assumptions. And they're saying this drawing here and this drawing here is like a puppet popping up behind a wall. And they don't look like really 
big puppets. Uh, I don't know. It'd have to be one of those people with the big heads to do that one. Uh, how old was the person that drew that one and that one there? So I can see, yeah, they're trying to, again, it does sort of fit, but... 60 children all agree with that. Could some children actually be fitting a puppet show with what they saw? Maybe it's not a puppet show, but they're just fitting to what they've experienced. And it's muddled up in the head. So he's done a table of comparison. Grey or unusual skin color. Tick, tick. Okay, so we've got ones here. Shiny, black, cloven. Cross. Found no evidence. Puppets. Had um, shiny, black, cloven. So that's a thing against it. Some people and a white one, a red one and a black one. Uh, is that the color of the skin? I don't know. Debatable if it was a puppet workshop. Multiple different looking people could be expected. So they put a dash on that one. Not sure. Black thing on the spaceship. Puppets uh, operated above a puppet booth seen behind a vehicle. Roof or amongst the lot. So that again, that doesn't cover coming downwards. So the African puppet show, that's how they operated. Didn't say they um, pulled it up to hang in the trees and lower it down. Four or five of them. Possible puppet teams were three people. Possible, but not. they don't know. If they were there that day, blah, blah, blah. Uh, glittering in the trees. Possible vehicles or equipment reflecting. <laughs> Silvery thing in bushes. Okay, they've classed all that. There'll be vehicle reflections and mirrors. Round disc. Something glittering. Silver lights. So there's a lot of ticks at the bottom here. Orange glittering thing. Maroon color wavering about. Cuddled lights, yellow, purple, green. No support and evidence that the puppets had anything like that. Maybe they do now with disco lights, but... Um, Conclusion, the evidence presented here supports the argument that there is a better evidence that the children at Aero School witnessed something related to the established puppet education occurring in Africa. Even though we got all those crosses above, <laughs> their conclusion is still puppets. Uh, there, there was that the spaceship landed and the children encountered aliens. However, the evidence above makes a strong case that there is a physical similarity between puppets, including those made by 
trainee puppeteer workshops. Puppets are used to deliver a message, sometimes powerful without words. Uh, so, what's the burnt grass all about then? They said. And coming down. So, a verbal newspaper report cited here has verified that. Puppet teams into rural areas. April of 94, there was at least two puppet street teams. Three to four people working in the fields, mostly in rural areas. Okay, so, yeah. So, what'd you think of the McWest one there? Uh, anyone stood out there? Got five people out there. Who's out there still? <laughs> Until we get on to the next thing. Uh, anyone? Five people watching? Uh, which is quite uh, amazing that we actually got five people watching. Five lurkers. Anyway, um, latest thing here is. Um, Uh, what's his name? The Black Vault guy is being sued by Lou for defam defamatory comments about that he wasn't the head of ATIP, was it? Or ORSAP? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, that's a bit rough uh, because John is normally pretty clear where he gets his information from from FOIA readouts so uh, I didn't see the, the the big dive thing he did uh, I think it was a few hours long too but um, he summed up thing, something last time uh, last night was it and also Truthseekers put out a statement too I'm not goofing we'll come back to him okay so Hello to you all, John Greenwald here with TheBlackVault.com. I'm posting this video as a response to the avalanche of dialogue that started after my last video. That dialogue was in part good, but also in part bad. But I wanted to speak to all of you to give you an update, and hopefully, maybe even answer a question or two that you have had since I posted my breakdown of Luis Elizondo's IG complaint. As that video was playing for the first time, I was spending the day with my son at the arcade. I never like missing my YouTube premieres, that way I can spend a lot of time with you guys, but time with my son means more than anything, so I left my office and checked in a few times when I could just to say hi. But while at the arcade, I got a text message on my cell phone from a friend. I was told Mr. Elizondo was retweeting a lawyer and that lawyer was seemingly warning me directly about my video and defaming Mr. Elizondo. Let me read his exact words. Surely hope you don't defame Lou Elizondo. It is well documented that he was the director of ATIP and any participation in a plan to cast doubt on that hashtag truth is a knowing effort to defame and sow disinformation. It's 
So, um, wasn't it just one letter as proof? And normally you need three things that back up the same claim to be 100% sure. Because um, <clears throat> uh, didn't Pentagon backtrack on a lot of stuff? And I think that that's what John was pointing out. Uh, Pentagon were also claiming that he wasn't the head, wasn't it? Uh, if I remember right, watching some of his older shows. So, yeah, I can see where the drama is coming about there. Um, did I post on the MacQuest thing? Uh, where is it? Before I forget about it. I better post that. In. So you can grab that link if you want to. Make rest puppets. <laughs> oh, this makes me laugh, puppets. Uh, I just don't believe it. I'm pretty sure John Mac would have got puppets out of them. Anyway, close that one down. Back to John. Lawyers up. It's legally actionable. Mr. Elizondo retweeted that not once, but twice. Mr. Elizondo stated first, It's nice working with professionals. Thank you, Todd. And then a second tweet 14 <laughs> minutes later. I was the director of ATIP. It has been well documented, and I have been the subject of a campaign of defamatory disinformation by multiple parties. Again, my thanks to Todd McMahon. It's just like me taken out by Dr. J Radio when it was actually fair use. Um, so, yeah. Um, another thing is how you present and word things, right? So if he's reading from a FOIA thing, saying he wasn't a director, then it's up to Lou to uh, discount that document he was reading from. If it's his opinion, in my opinion... Reading the FOIA request, as long as you say my opinion, then that makes it fair use and not suable, right? So if Lou starts all this suing up, then how many others are going to start doing that? Now, Corey Good was the worst offender on that. And of course, that silences people. People are too scared to call out because even if it goes nowhere... Uh, the scumbag lawyers make a lot of money from it all. <laughs> uh, in America, like 15 grand. Um, just to get it all um, through the through the court system and stuff. And in the end, um, rejected. But it still costs money. Uh, so yeah, uh, it can kill off... Um, small channels couldn't it if they started this business this is where google needs to protect small channels uh, it should be like a fund and google should take them to court uh, if they believe that they're being targeted unfairly for fair use comments or whatever mercury <coughs> now one thing to note my video was still premiering and what that means is it was playing for the first time Checking the timestamp, it appears my video was only about 37 minutes into playing of the admittedly long three-hour total runtime. In other words, it seemed coordinated. This all seemed strategic, 
and it seemed planned. All of which is fine and not an indicator of wrongdoing on the part of the attorney or Mr. Elizondo. But they had no idea what I was even saying. The video wasn't even done yet. Their rebuttals about Mr. Elizondo running ATIP pretty much had nothing to do with my video dissecting the claims that he made in his IG complaint. But they floated the D word anyway numerous times, worked in the word disinformation as well, and then Mr. Elizondo retweeted it to his 93,000 plus followers, twice, which resulted quite. in quite the firestorm. Once again. Now let me say I can take the heat and insults from that crowd thrown at me in tweet form. I've done it for a long time, so there's no problem there. But that wasn't the part that bothered me about this entire situation. In my view, I did not defame anyone. And to float those words is not only telling, but incredibly damaging to the entire investigative process for someone like me and for people like all of us. We are all on an individual journey. Yep our own, each of us, to discover the truth, whatever that may be. My path took me to vet the claims of a former taxpayer-paid government employee who made claims about a taxpayer-funded program or effort, whatever he wants to now call it. In his complaint, he utilized my work and, in my view, altered it to make accusations against other taxpayer-paid employees with, within the Pentagon and the De Department of Defense. Mm. Albeit my work was a very small part of his IG complaint, it was still a very big claim to make. And in my personal opinion, the story was altered. If it was not, I think that we should ask for more evidence. Am I not allowed to question any of that? What country do I live in if I can't question all those claims, not only made in the complaint, but others made in tweets and podcasts by Mr. Elizondo? What country do I live in where it is wrong to use verifiable evidence, vetting the claims of someone I once paid for through my... Uh, they live in a country where mainstream media lie and, and exaggerate a lot of crap about the government, so... It makes, it makes sense that it would be in ufology as well. My taxpayer dollars to even have a job. What country do I live in where my efforts to bring as much verifiable evidence to the table, along with properly labeling and expressing my opinion, mm. is legal threat worthy, veiled or otherwise, to be thrown at me on Twitter in tweet form? The tweets from an attorney and Mr. Elizondo posted online riled up a digital mob before my video was even done playing. The result was a digital lynching by a small but noisy group of Mr. Elizondo's biggest supporters. Anyone that has a following and has followers should be careful when posting such legal jargon and veiled accusations. The result is much more damaging than one might think, but sadly, I'm starting to think that was the intent. Although Mr. Elizondo's attorney has every right to tweet at me, and Mr. Elizondo has every right to do the same, in this process they are revealing an enormous problem in today's world. And that is, not everything should be met with a lawyer, veiled legal threats, or posts that I am sure all parties involved would know would rile up a digital mob of supporters. <laughs> Rather, just attack my information if you choose 
That's what I keep saying. There's a lot of these UFO channels out there like Goofin attack the personalities and not the actual information. Um, he may be trying to cover all that up now and making all these crazy statements online to his fan base that he's the one being targeted. <laughs> uh, so, trust no one. I'm not from USA. Don't know how your... What's this? Tax works. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Uh, tax is tax. It's the same as every country. Government skims from what you earn, and uh, in this country, they also add on everything you buy. <laughs> so they take another 15% when you order stuff online and shops and stuff and food, which is uh, New Zealand's overtaxed. That's why they can have billions of dollars to give away. Um, but anyway, is that what you mean? Uh, we're in New Zealand here, um, but yeah, all the people that follow me come from all over the place. Um, Germany, UK, uh, Australia, a few Australia. although I think we've got a couple of Kiwis we don't often see them around, and USA, so yeah. Uh, where are you from? USA? Uh, trust no one. But, uh, yeah, we'll leave his statement there, and I'll just paste a clip to it, and you can listen to the rest of it. Because uh, this is going to get a bit long, isn't it, this show? <laughs> Yet again. Um, here we go for time. Because I know I've got to get ready f for shopping and lunch and all that sort of stuff. So... Statements about the Suen Tech Well and his ninety K followers. <laughs> uh, it was just almost like a cult now, isn't it? Um Okay, trust no one, another German. Uh you'll be like the third one that would be following me if you're um, follow me, of course, <laughs> on this channel. So, yeah, I just think it's a bit rotten to sue anybody. Uh, this should be a honorary system, especially between YouTube creators, right? And... Yeah, looks like the doorbell's going off. Uh, be a parcel for me, probably. Uh, I've ordered a few meters, so I'll, I'll be going over a special show showing various meters I got from EMF to um, radiation. And we'll be covering that in more detail uh, for alien research as well as uh, paranormal research. And the price of them and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So, um, 
Truth Seekers did put out something before he put out a statement, so um, we probably don't need to watch that, but uh, we'll just skim. And Stephen, wow, Sid, that's so generous of you. Thank you so much. Uh, so he's got that problem I used to have where it starts crackling. Um, it's a bug in Windows, all Windows systems to do with a audio driver and background. It doesn't like multiple cores. For some reason, it corrupts the uh, algorithm. Uh, this uh, dark journalist guy, I just think he's just uh, another talking head. And he just says the right things to the right people, and of course, they sub to him, throw money at him. Yeah, I never liked him. He's another guy in a scruffy type suit. <laughs> Uh, what's the name sound? It's a meter, did I? Post on it, but no one at the stone oh, there we go. <laughs> today to purchase the stone to make the patio for the porch. So, uh, and and he says again, thanks to Todd McMurtry. Uh, now, some of you may not be apparently. Uh, this aware is the tweet that name. Todd McMurtry, but I was well aware of that name because I had closely followed the story of one Kyle Rittenhouse. Todd McMurtry is actually the attorney who is representing Kyle Rittenhouse in suing all of those media outlets who, uh, I don't even want to use the term, I don't know what the proper term is, slandered him, reported factually inaccurate information on Kyle Rittenhouse, whatever you're... And by the way, we don't do politics here, so oh, before okay. anybody starts thinking that I'm a MAGA hat I think I've heard your name before. You know, I can't maybe you've seen you for I, months. Uh, am an independent. I believe that months most sides so. of the political aisle are filled with criminals, and you don't get extra points for picking one side that is less criminal, in your opinion, than the other side that is criminal. They're all criminals. That's my personal opinion. I st we stay out of politics here, but it should be noted and 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 for sure understood that Todd McMurtry is sort of known to be a very right wing, conservative, um, you know, sort of a person, and he has. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, if you want to go and watch Truth Seekers, uh, you can and listen to what he has to say. But, um, yeah, like I said, there's probably no need for that one now. I just left it there just to bring the topic up. Um, so, I'll just post it there. Not that they promote me at all. <laughs> There you go. Uh, so we have to start going through this because it's getting a bit long today. Going okay, already. Okay, so we got third face to go over, and we'll just come back to those ones. Uh, so, 
not really imaginative uh, covers here, but a lot of clickbaity comments again. Crazy UFO video. The world has no explanation. Yeah, I'm not sure who they're watching. Watching themselves, maybe. <laughs> but people do have explanations. Ask McWest, he's got plenty. <laughs> Uh, so let's just skim this one. Is this the one we need to look at? Two and a half, almost two and a half months uh, going across the country trying to find out what's really going on in regards to Congress, the hearings. Uh, we just got back from Washington. Bollocks. <laughs> We're out to make another documentary with Dr. Greer to make another hundred grand in their pockets. Uh, from gullible people that buy their rubbish documentaries. See, we spoke with Greer, among other... Which I've yet to do some review on this above top secret one. And break it down for you, how it's not really worth the money anyway. Officials there in regards to a possible cover-up. Is there a cover-up? Or are we just spinning wheels? There's lots of cover-ups. We already know there is. <laughs> Doesn't mean, it's not just in UFOs either. But working on our latest documentary, our trilogy to Above Top Secret and Countdown to Disclosure that we pretty much just wrapped up the edit um, to kind of get out of this. this. Okay, so this one's not Above Top Secret, but Countdown Disclosure series. Did anyone hear more about Space Force? I mean, what are they doing uh, the Space Force, you mean uh, what we knew from media? Uh, not really much has been said, is it? Uh, from these frauds online claiming blue chickens and uh, Stargate jumps and all that sort of nonsense uh, with no e evidence um, as this load of cobblers and disinformation. I'm pretty sure there's been space projects, you know, since certainly Reagan had sort of mentioned it, so that the, the world would have to come together if there was an outside alien invasion. But, yeah, um, maybe they put up um, that surveillance net around the world to detect stuff coming out of the atmosphere like nuclear bombs as well as stuff going back down like meteorites and whatnot um, but yeah by then it'd probably be too late if it's big right <laughs> uh, so yeah uh, not too much just usual noise I think um, haven't really heard anything new since the said they were setting it up myself but I think what I covered earlier on the show sort of goes into the secret space force with these stealth blimps and maybe the Calvine U um, incident was part of um, one of the experiments that went wrong and it's got come down until they managed to get it working again and shoot it off back into the upper atmosphere. <laughs> so um, it could be part of the secret space program even back then. Uh, 1990. But anyway, um, just carry on.
craziness of ufology. But we are missing uh, these UFO videos that have been coming into third phase of moon on a continuing basis. And that's exciting. So why are they going to recycle a load of crap with one new video, maybe, which is also old? As well. So tonight's episode, we're going to be going over uh, an incredible amount of UFO evidence. And which ain't going to be all the new ones that's piled up in their inbox where they've been on tour making a documentary. We're going to be more proactive on YouTube right now. Now that we're back, our documentary's wrapped up. That's got to go... Yeah, so they need to create some more cash flows. What are you saying there? Through the process, we're going to be letting you know the name of the new documentary very soon. Maybe a trailer coming out. You're going to like what you see. Provocative stuff. Um, boots on the ground uh, on location reporting. That's what we like to do here at Third Phase of Moon. But uh, we welcome everybody in this live premiere. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's just carry on. Where's the crazy footage? Here we go. Now, I'm pretty sure this is recycled. It's nothing new. So, where's he say it's new? I'm pretty sure I've debunked this at least a couple of times. Jamie, Jamie, Mazan. You gotta say Jesus H's in Spanish. I, I don't know what to make of this, so let's just bring it in. And uh, guys, I want to get your thoughts here. Look at the dun dun music. <laughs> dun dun. So, what do you think, guys? <laughs> now, is that the same one? Or was it just. Uh... I think it might be the same one. It's got four legs by the looks of it. Dangling down. Kind of looks like something from Star Wars, right? That's what they're getting at, a UFO probe. Uh, you can see one, two, three, maybe four legs that way. Guadalajara. So, I don't know, is it two different events? It's the same person's name? I oh, know, it looks like it's two different events. I oh, know, locations. So that's events as well. November 2021, guys. It's an old one, we've looked at it before. So they got lots of stuff in the inbox. Bullshit. <laughs> Such a liar. Guadalajara, Mexico. We have this in. So that's in Mexico. 2010. <laughs> yeah, we've covered it before. So there are two different types of objects. Now, we've covered this before, right? And he's saying we don't know what it could be. In 2010, uh, as a reference to what was just captured uh, this year and it looks like whatever it is it's 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 back and it's he's sort of laughing too isn't quite he? incredible as we take a steal and get some close-up to see kind of the structure of whatever this craft is in comparison to this yeah so straight away he's putting ideas in your head that it's definitely a craft 
But to me, it looks very balloon-like. What do you reckon? An incredible one over Israel, according to Jaime uh, Massad. This was captured in. Okay, we can see the wind blowing here, but as you know, as you go a hundred feet, and five hundred feet, and a thousand feet, uh, wind speed can change and drop off, um, or go the opposite direction, even depending on the terrain as well. In 2021, so different regions of the planet. Okay, it looked like it was leaning then. Um, just captured uh, this year and it looks like whatever it is it's it's looks like it's got a slight lean to it there which would suggest it's being blown in a breeze right it's back and it's quite incredible as we take a still and get some close-up to see kind of the structure of whatever this craft is in comparison to this uh, incredible one over israel according to uh I mean, Massad, this was captured in 2021. So different regions. Of uh, so it looks like it was leaning and then it got pulled back. I'd say that's on a fishing cable. Um, a balloon, some type of balloon on a fishing cable. And they've probably put some weights on it to keep it upright. So, uh, oh, it's simply a lot of material that um doesn't keep it upright and it's sort of flopped over onto its side so that straight away to me looks like a possible sun balloon on the side or one of those octopi balloons or character balloons right that uh, you know characters balloons characters cartoon characters that have uh, tentacles you know uh, trust no one. What's going on? Yeah, you probably need to w watch the start on the show because uh, you missed it and it might answer possibly some of your stuff there. Uh, I think alien force is never coming alone and never in silent, you know, if they want to have contact. Well, a lot of people say they really are in contact, and uh, there's multiple races. Some that are good, and some that are evil. The ones doing abductions are meant to be the so-called evil alien greys. <laughs> uh, same as my talking avatar up the top there. And the uh, Nordic whites uh, a human-like race that's sort of protecting us, or trying to. So, um, yeah, just take it how you want, I guess. Um, we have no evidence of this. Um, it might be that the government knows about it and have done an agreement with both aliens. I could see maybe the military would want to team up with the alien greys and uh, the normal government would want to team up with the whites to use them for, for helping to protect people from bad experiences. I could see the alien greys might be offering some deep state uh, military section within the government's uh, advanced technology. 
And you can see the conflict happening in the USA now. Um, often they're talking about deep state and the FBI and now um, aren't really for the people, but for political party use. <laughs> but anyway, um, I like the colourful globes, orbs, they are really interesting. Yeah, we've covered that in past live shows with Robert. He actually bought a whole collection of them that spin around. And some of them have Bluetooth speakers on them even. <laughs> but yeah, um, basically they've got interactive uh, skins that um, when the when you turn on the light, they start spinning. So if you have it in the sun or whatever. But anyway, let's, uh, we're debunking this here now. Um, so... Just type in sun balloon, helium. All right, and you get uh, lots of designs. So we're looking at one that's got. So we've seen it from the side. So let's have a match. Can we see all the tentacles? No, because it's not the best quality image. But there could be. More tentacles going around the outside, or in this case, sun rays, and some of the longer ones uh, flop downwards. So, is there anything that matches that? Yeah, you have to go through all of the designs and find four that can flop down. And That be one of them. One, two, three, four, five, six. Of course, we don't know if some of the tentacles have been cut off, which is a possibility. Uh, especially if it's used for faking a alien probe on a fishing line with some weight weighted, which it could be water inside it. Uh, we know they do use these type of balloons even for fishing, right? And they put it on a fishing line and just hover it above a lake or whatever uh, with multiple hooks. So we could actually be seeing someone actually fishing. Someone's just videoed it and someone's made a makeshift uh, fishing balloon kite. So, is there any that sort of fit a sun balloon with three, uh, four long things? That's uh, bound to be. Uh, how about that one there? There's uh, too many on it. Um, nothing's really popping up. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist, of course. Um, 2010. 
one's got longer ones and shorter ones. <clears throat> So, something's really popping up that sort of matches it a hundred percent. So, that's a strange looking one. So if you deflated it, and some of these were stuck up and some were flopping down, maybe. So let's try another shit. <clears throat> Tentacle. Let's see what we get. So we've got off the buying balloons. Uh, no, it doesn't fit that one. Uh, what the hell is that? Giant floating jellyfish. Uh, it's a possibility, isn't it? And if you cut off a couple of limbs, looks a bit like a sun balloon with longer limbs. So yeah, jellyfish could easy be. Giant one for fishing. And you can see how well you could weight it as well. Uh, what else we got? And this one here, that one looks really close, doesn't it? One, two, three, four, five, six again. But a couple of these could be stuck up, right? So one we see three. Another one we see four. So the wind could blow those up and they could stick to the surface with electrostatic. So that one there is a close match to this one. I think. And you may not see the full length of them because they're multiple colours as well. Not only see it going down to there. Let's just have a look again. Of the planet showcasing the exact same thing. This is quite incredible when you have two objects that. So this one does look like one of these jellyfish. Uh, appeared to be the. Okay. Also does look like a sun balloon still though. <laughs> It's got these little bits sticking out the side. I don't know if I can see a happy face on it or not. It does look like two eyes there. I might be just seeing things. But it's got the bumpy bits that you see in the sunburnt balloons and jellyfish. And we're only seeing two there, but I think there's two other limbs behind those two 
exact same uh, built structure in different regions of the planet almost a decade uh, apart from the yeah because i keep making balloons mate um so that one there to me is a really good match let's have a look at the top of it sightings so quite incredible now let's look at the top of it um it looks like it might be on a slight angle as well if it's on a fishing line could be slightly pulled right and now we can see one two three four but we can't see six but you can see some of those two back ones look short they could easily have cut those ones off so you got um, one, two, three, four. I think that's a good match, that one. Um, and there could be something else out there still. Now, I've got a thing that Scott Brando may have found the exact match. Or well, maybe I did at one stage. And overlaid it uh, in past episodes. So they're just recycling the same old garbage. Okay. Doesn't mean it doesn't. It could also be a hot air balloon because now they have similar things for hot air balloons. Air hot. Hot air. Oh, I'll see what comes up. Uh, didn't separate it. Alright. Oh, it did separate it. Okay, so we do get sun balloons too. And if we use the right words, I guess. Um, I think I may have posted it on my Twitter post when I was debunking it. I'll have a look. Just uh, doing it real time for people. Yeah, there's one. So it also could be a kite, but it looks three dimensional, so I don't think it is a kite. Because they do have um, tail fins, right? Uh, which, in the case of jellyfish, would be a good one. So, um, I need to try that again just to be sure. I'll actually make it correct way around hot air. Let's try that, see how it comes up better. Okay, so we've got a building with tentacles. <laughs> People obviously have a machine blowing them up through the windows. What else we got? Uh, we got so this one here, it looks very similar. Hot air balloon with uh, tentacles coming down. 
So it could be far away. Oh, come on. Oh, here's one with multiple tentacles. Uh, this the kites. I don't think it's a kite though. Um, and there's another one with long tentacles. That looks more like a squid though. Squid part. So yeah, uh, let's do going through all that spin our edges to find the correct one. Uh, I think that's what we're looking at. And you can see it tilts a wee bit with the wind, and I think it is anchored. And uh, maybe even some counterweights to make it less buoyant for the size as well. Well, if you put water in it, it sort of acts like a dampening, dampening effect when the wind blows against it as well. Uh, so yeah, this is the one that has, this is the one that I put together on Twitter. Uh, with various images, and I think we just found the same ones. Why is it not coming up? Something crazy going on here. Yeah. Is it not going to open? Normally you can click on the images. Hmm. Probably have to be logged in. Uh, which ones did I find? Alright, oh, there was one there. There we go. There's that one of the tentacles. One, two, three, four. I can see. So could it be that? That's a possibility, isn't it? Or something similar as well. So anyway, um, there's... Um, doesn't take too much to do five minutes for search there. They're saying they don't know what it possibly could be. They've been in it longer than I have. And uh, you can see... Uh, he's not very serious in his face. As we're looking at this, guys, I want to get your opinion. What, what the heck is going on here? You know, it's kind of fun too that we're going to be bringing in some of the, the public, and I want to get your guys' opinions as well. But Mich Michelle Jackson, with a five dollar super chat, do you think they'll ever be full discover disclosure by our? Uh, so this is a yabba, yabba, yabba. Alec, lighter than air. We don't see any means of propulsion. Again, if it's some kind of balloon mocked up to be like that, it's very stable in its uh, in its way as it traverses across us. That happens when it's on a fishing line. You can't see that on even high-res cameras. You'd be lucky to see fishing line. Okay, on to the next one. Uh, what I'll do is I'll post a link to my Twitter images there and you can have a look. And I'll just pop back out. So, 30 days again. 
screen. Um, before we get on to the next one, though, I think Giffen was analysing it, and I just want to uh, play what he said, which is, just shows you how he sort of copies what they say and misleads people. Uh, guess what? <laughs> Uh, probably got hit with copyrights. Oh no, he got taken it down. Was that the one where he was showing past things, was it? Um, including now uh, this one. Oh, that's a shame. There you go. Silenced by his uh, leak. Now he played a clip where they were having a fight over an initial, where they first initially met. I think uh, Blake wasn't really happy. <laughs> so, uh, what's it say when I reload it? The user is set it to private. So that normally means there's been some problem with it. Ah, I just wanted to show you that he was mimicking everything they were saying that it was too stable to be a balloon. And he said, well, to me, it looks like a balloon. Of course, it looks like a balloon to you too, probably. But you can see it's got stabilization and weight, weight to it. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I've explained that. <laughs> it's probably a fishing. Someone's using it for fishing, probably. Oh, well. Uh, that was going to be a fun one, but <laughs> uh, it's been killed off. And, of course, uh, Truth Seekers again put out an interesting thing about censorship and living in a bubble. Uh, so I might just play a clip of that and uh, post it as well. So, um, yeah, so it looks like we're just left to wrap up with really third phase now then. And they've only got one video, so we'll just close that down and we'll just carry on with this one that's recycled garbage box. So. Hey, so as I saw this, I can't remember I've analyzed it before. Wasn't it even a couple of weeks ago they re aired that one too? But clearly you can see it's a bunch of LED lead balloons that blink off and on. Probably if they looked up um, the map location and found some wedding facilities there, it's probably from a wedding party again. Where they release these white balloons, even coloured balloons with uh, blinky lights on them. So uh, even Scott Brando has done that one before. Third face put it up because other people have been posting it. So he's saying he thinks there are balloons there as well. And I said, uh, Scott is correct. Probably from a wedding. And I think it's the same video. There's the spotlights. Sounds like it's near some sort of event, doesn't it? Uh, so is that a street light though? Oh no, it's just the sun, is it? 
going down, maybe. Could be a high mass light too. But anyway, um exactly the same video, right? So it's the same one that third phaser got up. So Scott thinks they're lead balloons, and I think they're lead balloons. Easy to debunk that one. Again, that's just a matter of typing in within lead balloons. Um, some of them not helium though, but you can put the word helium in there as well. But you get all sorts of these ones here like that there, which uh, have lead lights in them. And um, when the battery run low, they start blinking, as well as um, actually have ones that do blink. There's a good example one there. You can see the sort of like latex ones. Anyway, moving on to the next one. We've debunked it That's before, so though. Yes, it is. The world they weren't closed or they're leaving. They're like right over there. Oh. No, they is weren't closed this, or now they're is that the same event? Yeah. Looks like the same event, different um, camera location. It'd be a flock of birds that are illuminated by some light. No, and not flock of birds. <laughs> Definitely not. Basically stating right now that there were pigeons that had uh, blinky lights put on them in the UK, but it's not that one. Uh, it has a different movement to it. These look like they're flat, just floating. Birds um, flap their wings and all that. Unknown craft, they're, they're going to mess you up. Um, my brother and I have been close proximity to these things. Oh, did, we didn't feel any uh, adverse yeah, effects. Except uh, euphoria, something that was unbelievable. There's something going on. Uh, yeah, this one's clearly uh, escaped um, advertising UFO balloon. Okay, we've covered those ones in the past too. So, <laughs> UFO advertising balloon, that four bed. Uh, man in size. Uh, have helium bit <coughs> Oh, my throat's going. And then they have an anchor to it. Uh, okay. Uh, it's like to narrow the search down. Oh, here we go. It's this one here, I think. You can see how big it is. Um, they use it for advertising. Uh, can rotate lights on them and stuff. Catches people's eyes. And you can see it looks like a balloon with a thing underneath. Uh, we're on the wrong angle here though, but you can see the dome, a dome underneath. And this uh, tube in around the outside, exactly the same. Uh, 
Okay, Shaman may have just been filming an advertising balloon and just cropped it and stuff to make it into a, accompanying... fake UFO, which ends up in all these uh, fake UFO channels, security, dead phase, and so on. Uh, crap. Apparently, this again is coming from Jaime Mossan. <laughs> and Mr. Jaime Mossan, he just loves balloon UFOs. Some people complain about not getting clear video. Um, this is pretty up close, but could it be a hoax is the question. No, it's just, it, yeah, it's, well, it could be a hoax using advertising balloon. So let's uh, just scam on a bit. Now you can see this one's leaning with the wind this time. And of course they're not all that type of balloon. They've got ones that's uh, slightly different in size. So we've covered it in the past many times. Uh, unfortunately, that search doesn't show. But um, we're not going to muck around too much. Just take my word for it. You can go and search past live streams, and we've got more of these advertising balloons up. Uh, what else we got? Like button, destroy it. Make sure. Uh, so they're just repeating stuff. Okay, so that's it for today, I guess. <laughs> Advertising this music CD and Mac. And it opened up again. Yeah, why is that got no cross on it? Can't see a cross on it. Uh, let's get rid of that one. Bingo. <laughs> Yeah, the last thing, just to wrap up on Truth Seeker talking about censorship. Almost everyone who wants to send her. Alright, so apparently Linda Moulton Howe has locked up her live stream chats. Yeah, you can set it so only members that have been members for a certain amount of months or years can actually chat in the site and he's saying this is terrible and uh, this is how they uh, a lot of these people close themselves off from skeptics on the side chat which is not a good thing so I'll just uh, wind back a wee bit and you can have a listen to what he's saying here Our question, why did you use a provably fake picture of an alien? She lost her mind. She took it as offensive. She told the person that asked her the question that that was hostile. Apparently, asking somebody why you used a completely provably fake picture of an alien to sell your audience a fake story about aliens is hostile now. Does this sound cult-like to anyone else? Because it does to me. So I'm going to share my screen because I'm going to, we're going to talk about what just happened because I think this, this more than anything shows you that this bubble theory is not just a theory. People live in their own bubbles and they want their audience to live in that bubble too. They don't want people going outside the bubble for other information. They want to be, Famously, Corey Good has said that all other secret space guys are frauds, except him. And he's the only one that you should get your secret space program information from. Translation, 
don't buy any of the other guys' crap. Only buy my crap. They're all fakes, but I'm real. Mm-hmm. But in the Walton Hale's case, she wants only very, very loyal people now listening and watching her. Um, but, you know, I think this is going to backfire. So what we see here is Linda Moulton Howe's most recent broadcast. And uh, here, listen, friends, this is where it gets crazy. You want to talk about a bubble? You want to talk about creating a bubble around yourself? This, my friends, is the perfect example of someone that is desperate, desperate to insulate themselves from any criticism. Uh, good or bad, and, uh, you know, in full disclosure, I support people going in their live chat and asking important questions that need to be asked. But this last fake story, 100% fake story that we caught her selling, I think it was difficult for her because there's people in her live chat commenting left and right. The picture's fake. Truth Seekers proved it. The picture's fake. Truth Seekers interviewed the artist from Brazil who made that picture. It's not a real alien. You can see that she got hammered in her live chat. So instead of addressing the controversy and moving on, apologizing, whatever, what Linda Moulton Howe has now decided to do is completely and totally insulate her from anybody that will be critical. Here it says, subscribers only mode. Messages that appear are from people who subscribe to this channel for, get this, 15 years or longer friends (laughs) youtube has only been a a website for 18 years so apparently in order to be able to chat in linda malton house live chat now you need to have signed up for youtube just a few years after it began that's right you have to be a member of her channel for 15 years or longer now uh that. Makes you wonder if, if she would get anyone on site chat then. <laughs> well, that means you have to be a paying, also a paying customer, does it? Uh, but anyway, he does a good intro here, I think. Dangers of the bubble. But before we do, uh, we want to uh, welcome some members of our life. You first dip into the pool of that bubble. Maybe it was a certain documentary that got you interested in what was inside that bubble. Maybe it was living in the bubble or hearing a talk that somebody gave on YouTube that pulled you into that bubble. That first time, remember that? A bubble in a rabbit hole. (laughs) Seems so harmless and enticing at first. And many people, many, many people, including myself, get involved in UFOs, aliens, and conspiracies, and they find that they like this bubble. Some quickly fall in love with the bubble. The bubble at first is sexy and enticing, offering you the truth, offering you all the answers to all those questions you've always had, giving you an opportunity to peek behind the veil and see the real truth and find out the real truth that you know that you have been searching for. That bubble, so warm, comforting, and inviting at first, it offers you sometimes a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging, and a sense of family for some. That bubble at first is irresistible. 
like I mentioned in our first time, we get a little taste at first of what is inside that bubble. And naturally we want more. So we look for more time, more information, more ways to get back to that lovely, warm, comforting bubble. At first, it seems we're free to come and go as we please in and out of that bubble. And that bubble sure seems harmless at the start. It can be intoxicating, invigorating, and exciting. But that bubble, if we are not careful, can quickly become an obsession. Many get so obsessed with that bubble that they get stuck in it, no longer bothering or caring about venturing out into the real world or spending time in actual reality. Mm. Before we know it, we may find ourselves spending more and more time in that comforting bubble. The next thing we know, we realize we've kind of lost track of things in the real world. Other things in our lives may begin to suffer as we begin to retreat more and more into that warm, exciting, invigorating, intoxicating, comforting bubble that warm, comforting place where we, while inside, can feel special. We may feel in on special secrets that few people know about or have even heard about. We get lost in that wonderful bubble where we can go and perhaps feel better about our so ourselves or feel better about our lives. We may spend too much time in that bubble but there in that bubble, we feel like our life has a greater meaning in that bubble. Eventually, we don't want to leave that bubble. We have become so comfortable and numb in there. And that, my friends, is where the true trouble begins. Friends, lately, I have been researching many troubling things and learning more about some people who got so deep in that bubble that reality, the real world, literally ceased to exist for them. And so lately, I have begun to worry. I worry about people who are living a delusion in that bubble, a delusion which must be maintained by ignoring facts and I suppose putting blinders on and earplugs forcing themselves to become deaf and blind to the reality, the real world they no longer want to hear from or even see. I worry about people who don't know that they are being manipulated in that bubble, used and abused most often for other Culty. people's financial gain. I worry about people who so desperately want to believe in certain people in that bubble, so much so that they do so even in the face of overwhelming evidence that that person that they truly want to believe in is just not who they appear or... And you could list off a few people that fits that category just to sum it up there i'll give a link to it so you can watch this full dis demonstration if you want <clears throat> but yeah tyler klotner you know his he's got a hardcore fan group there doesn't matter if he's fake stuff and they just just dismiss it <laughs> oh he did that long time ago um but yeah but he's just uh put up this other fake cgi stuff from this other person he might not be making them anymore but he's still trying to get away with it uh, but they seem to ignore all that right and, and he's creating disinformation massive photographs uh, which we covered last time 
uh, which are just uh, camera scan artifacts, right? So uh, if you haven't watched that episode, go back and watch. And then you got Corey Good with his blue chickens and uh, secret space force and um, working along with uh, the other fraud, which is Michael Seller from Australia and so on. And uh, Linda Moulton Hell has gone that way too. And she's got her cult following. And then now we just heard about recently Lou sued people and he's got 90,000 people that are going out there and a army attacking and slandering comments back at the person that he's uh, criticizing so yeah um, ufology is so stupid (laughs) anyway um, hopefully you liked what I did today and uh, hit the like button share it and uh Again, uh, we haven't got any Pretend donations, but the main thing is that people showed up and chatted on the side chat over any donations. But, um, yeah, um, it does sort of help us keep it funded and running. At the moment, it's all out of my pockets. I've got a minimum of 200 to 300 US dollars a year I need just to run the basics uh, of this channel. And if I want to get gear and stuff, uh, that's a lot harder. That takes me pretty much a whole year to pay off the credit card and load it up again. (laughs) And to buy the stuff, because as you know, it's expensive. Uh, So here is Steve on Bubble. So I'll just type that on the side. Steve Bubble comments. People get lost down the bubble and the rabbit rabbit hole out there and defend people even though they're they're so been exposed with facts and they ignore it. And that's the problem with ufology, of course. Um, Because they've had experience and they like what this person's saying and they can't see they're being bullshitted to, you know. That's basically what Steve's saying there, and I agree. (laughs) But anyway, um, thanks for joining us today, and I'll run up uh, the end credits. And I'll see you again in the future, guys, and uh, I'll do some more research on that other hypersonic stuff that we found last time. Uh, If I get a chance. (laughs) Ending. So, yeah, good night, and uh, take you on the roads.